Rah. <laughs> we are back. back. We've got a good friend of the show today, Phil Host, former Masashi uh, graphic designer, and yes. now you are heading up your own um, design business. Pretty much. Strong Media Group. Strong Media Group, that's me. Yep. One of the funniest people I know. Good guy. Um, and a bit of a hit on Instagram and YouTube these days. Oh, You've just kicked of off your uh, YouTube channel again. Yes, it's been revived for the 7,000th time. So hopefully, make sure you guys follow me, Philip Raymond Host, on Instagram and YouTube, Up uh, uploading regular content on lifestyle, health, fitness, uh, relationship advice, any type of male lifestyle, lifestyle stuff I'll be talking about. So I would, um, I'd love some relationship advice from you right now. My friend, ask away. This is what we'll be here today Number for, one tip. Right? <laughs> Number one tip. In, are you being serious? No. no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in the fitness industry a long, long, long time. Yeah. Oh, that sounds bad. But I yes, know. yes, yes. I've seen lots of different sides of the fitness industry. Um, I started training back in 2002, I think, out of pure peer pressure. Where's that? Oh, out of pure peer pressure. I'm thinking, yeah. Is that the name is that of a the place? Gym? Yeah. Like That's the gym. Sounds pure like, pressure. Sounds hardcore. Sounds like a nightclub. Pure yeah. pressure. Same here. <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. what sort of nightclub are you oh, going to? Gosh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Try anything. So, 2002, you started training. Yep. Why did you get into training? Man, good question. So, if you want to go, if we're going to tell my whole story, it's it's quite. I'll put it in a nutshell. So, we've 2002. We've got all day, man. <laughs> I'm in I'm bored. I'm hanging to talk to someone. In 2002, okay, where was I in my life? Once upon a time. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. It was a long time ago. Um, I, believe it or not, I... I believe it. I, in 2002, I started training out of, because I had mates that I was hanging out with at the time, and they said, and they would go to the gym. I wasn't interested, but they said, we've got a friend and he's trying to get rid of his six-month membership. He'll give it to you real cheap to this gym that we go to. Yep. So I was like, oh, do you guys go? I'll go with you guys then and I'll, and I'll go. So I ended up going with them. This was like pure bro type of stuff. So literally chest day, arm day, shoulder day, Maccas. And this is 2002. 2002. Chest still, day. Still, think, still exists. Yeah, I think yeah. that's how everybody starts. Nothing's changed <laughs> that's, much. That's how a lot of people start, so, start training, right? So friends got you into training. You got, got me into training. Free membership or a membership transfer. Cheap like. ch- membership transfer. Once it finished, I stopped going. Yeah. So my first experience in the gym was 2002. Stopped yep. for like three years. And then in 2005, had a health scare. Yep. And that health scare got me thinking, maybe I should start exercising. So I started running a lot, mm. right? So I started doing sprints, running around the block, thinking this is, this is better than not doing anything at all. Mm. And I was eating what I thought was healthy. So I was eating like shitloads of yogurt, chicken salad sandwiches, mm-hmm. and just whatever the typical, buying into the typical marketing stuff. Like if it said low fat, on the product packaging, I was like, oh, I'm going to get shredded off this low fat. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. the low fat chocolate. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think we all fell into that trap at, at, at that point. I fall well, into it still now. So, so you, um, you you stopped training for a bit after that membership expired. What what got you back into it? So basically the health scare was like, you know, uh, my old man died from a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So that was all, that would always play in the back of my mind. Like I need to be healthy. Otherwise that might happen to me. So it was like a trauma thing. Um, long story short... How old were you when your when your father passed away? He, from he I was five mm-hmm. and he was fifty five. Right. So he yeah. was very young. Yeah. yeah. He was younger than what I am now. Yeah. He was fifty five. Yeah, I'm seventy three. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, very, very young. My my grandfather was the same. You look great. <laughs> <laughs> grandfather was the same. Died around the same age. Oh, really? From a heart attack. So that like that, that was kind of like playing in my head. So whether yeah. you want to call that trauma or whatever it is, it stayed in my side. I thought, you know, I need to get healthy because I don't want to have a heart attack. So basically I, I was really unhealthy at the time. Maccas every day. I was a smoker back then, smoking, binge drinker. Yeah, I was a smoker. I didn't know that about you. I used to smoke, man, all the time. Bad. Uh, 
I consider smokers people that would go and actually buy their own packets and smoke in the morning by themselves. Yeah. Because a lot of people smoke casually and I don't yeah. really call a that... A cigarette with a beer kind of thing. You would you I mean? smoke? Camel? Oh, You're a man. camel man, I can see it. No, Winfield... I think two thirds out of all doctors recommend camel. <laughs> <laughs> so... There was, I, a, there was a legit ad back in the day. That yeah, I, know. I actually started getting heart palpitations at one point. From smoking? I don't know what it was from. Yeah. But I was walking. I'd get them every now and then. It wasn't painful, but it was this weird feeling. Anyways, this one time I got it walking down the street and it was actually painful and actually like doubled over and someone walked past me. Oh, are you all right? And I was like, oh man, I need to get doctors. Basically went to the doctor and, you know, I had like liver wasn't functioning 100% and my triglycerides were extremely high. It was just basically really unhealthy. So the doctor said, you need to you know, start looking after yourself. So I just kind of got into fitness mm-hmm. and then it kind of slowly progressed into, you know, slowly got more hardcore. Were all your mates into training? Back then? Around you? Back then, no. What were they, no. like schoolmates or something? All schoolmates. They? Yeah. they were into video games and stuff. So I was like the, the one that stuck out because I started getting into fitness. Yep. They, you, you develop a whole new fr- a range of mates when you get into oh, training, yeah. don't you? It's it, almost like yeah. a lot of the high school mates sort of... You have different interests and you they, go down a different path. They either come with you or they don't. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you're speaking a different language sometimes. You know, oh, when you're yeah. into training and stuff, people enter, you know, Maccas yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. Pretty much. So it kind of snowballed into whatever it is now. It's gone through different phases and the motivation changes and the reason changes. But the gym, and you guys know, the gym's always there for you. You know what I mean? Like We've mentioned that previously yeah, on advice. episodes. It's, well, it's except the, right now. Yeah. Well, it still is. You've yeah. been training from home. I'll be, anyone that wants to look for some, some innovative tips on how to train at home, Phil has literally got some bands. Yeah. And um, if, you, if you have a look what he's been doing on YouTube and, and Instagram, pretty inventive with pretty, your workout, man. Creative, man. Really creative. I, I, you've been lifting up couches. You've been doing rows with bands and yeah. broomsticks. And crazy. The broomstick yeah. was my aha moment and I was like this guy, I'm going to be famous this you've been ben- bench pressing your wife yeah, yeah yeah I did that with that but even when the gym was open I was doing that so <laughs> um. <laughs> how's it been at home like for you like because oh. what 20 years of training and then all of a sudden gyms are gone not much equipment at home it's it is a an, ad- a, it is an a adjustment yeah, yeah it's a shock it's an adjustment and it's time like the, it's times like these that people either go two ways you either say well I can't do anything I'm going to switch off and just let go uh, and then find excuses why you're like, oh, I couldn't go because the gym was closed and oh, the food is just not there. Like you make excuses to let go and they justify it or you pivot and you adapt and say, well, doing something is better than nothing. And how can I kind of recreate the gym exercises at home and kind of still make it work yeah. and still do something, even though you come out and you you may have, you know, lost a certain percentage of your fitness or your muscle or whatever, you can still be better off than not doing something at all. That so, makes sense. so you're big on a on a like a split routine. Yeah. Are you still trying to maintain that split routine at home, or are you doing? To like be honest, right body? now I'm yeah. still kind of in that uh, pivot thing where I'm trying to find a groove mm. that I can get into where, you know, I, I enjoy it because I think enjoyment's got to be an important part. I hate doing Hell stuff yeah. I don't like doing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm still kind of pivoting and finding a groove. Yep. But I know I'll find it. And yeah. once I find it, all right, this this works. Let's do this for the next couple of weeks until the gym's kind of open The best up. routine is the one that you can stick to. Right? 100%. Like it, 100%. You know, there's so many things that you can do. But yeah. the one that works for you is not going to be the same that works for you. That's right. And everyone's different because I, I love doing sprints. And obviously not everyone loves doing sprints. I love it. You know yeah. what I mean? I like also like doing um, long runs, mm-hmm. like at a consistent pace, long. My missus hates those. Mm. Like when I say I'm going for a run to do a long run, 
I'm with Sh- your missus, mate. Oh, no way. Yeah. Long runs, boring. G- give me 15, 16 minutes worth of sprints. sprints. I love it. Hell yeah. So how often are you training with bands and stuff, like resistance training now? How many oh, times do you call week? it resistance training? Well, yeah. <laughs> right now, I'll probably do four four times a week. I'll do mm-hmm. resistance with the bands. And then cardio, how many times you Every out? day. So you're doing either a long run or... Or the sprints, sprints. or both. Stair climb sprints you do, don't you? Yeah, if... if that little hill that I've seen. It, I'll do the hill, the hill sprints. Yeah. If it's raining, obviously I'll, I can't, but I do stair sprints in my apartment. So right. just the, the fire stairs, whatever, just run up and down, run up and down. Just get a good, you know, endorphin rush yeah. and then call it a day. Just get it over and done with, you know what I mean? But sometimes twice. Sometimes I'll do the sprints with my missus in the, in the morning and then later on, if I want to... Just go for a run, just get the headphones and switch off and just run for like a couple of Ks. Are you separating your weights and your cardio workouts? Or are you doing sort of, you're doing your... Well, of course they're separated. I can't do them at both at the (laughs) same time. You you don't run in car. (laughs) No, but do you know what I mean? Like you're doing your weights and then you're going straight out for a run after. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So you don't separate it. Separate the days. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. No, no, no. no. Unless... get it done. I get it done. So what I'll do is if if I do do cardio twice a day, obviously the weights is separated from one of those cardio sessions. Mm-hmm. But um, usually I'll wake up, um, hit the pre-workout or a cu- nice cup of coffee. Masashi pre-workout. Of course, Masashi yeah. pre-workout. And then I'll do my resistance bands training. And there's no routine really. I'll just keep going till I get a mad pump, get a good sweat, get a good um, you know, a rush coming from that. And then uh, when I feel like I've done enough, um, I'll go for a run. So, I, I think would, you, sorry, you go. Would you say you're doing quite a bit more cardio than you used to? Oh do yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So are you, are you worried about losing muscle mass? No, right not no? not me, um, because I know that for me, in this type of situation, I don't lose much muscle. I I, I hold on to it well, yeah. so I know that. Um, and he's saying that if I do lose a bit, I'm not stressed because I, I, it comes back fairly quickly for me. Yeah. So a couple of weeks. I think the length of time that you've been training as well, after 20 years, you, you're maintaining muscle mass much more efficiently than I feel someone like, that's yeah. just started training. And it's funny because I used to think that whole muscle memory thing was a load of crap. But with my experience, and it could be just purely anecdotal, if I take two, three, four weeks off... We love bro science. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> this is why a I'm little, here. Little bit Let's of talk science. some shit that doesn't make just sense. a little of bro yes. science. Yes. <laughs> so, the actual science. It comes back rather quickly for me. Yeah, it does. It does. Like after four yeah. weeks, I reckon... Like I'm not concerned about that. I'm not one of those guys where if I miss a meal or a gym sesh, the next day I'm like five kilos smaller and you can see it and I'm sh- I'm not like that. Like, Mate, there's yeah. a lot of juice heads out there. They're in the fetal position. Oh, the they're moment. freaking yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. I get my daily pump. Oh, no, no, no. I know. I've lost 300 grams. I've got to get back on the trend. I know, Fair enough, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of those guys. No, good. You're um, you're fairly motivated, so you're big on positivity and motivation. Have you always been like that? No, no way. No so way. when did, when did that sort of kick in for you? Like, is that an age thing, or is there something happened in your life where you just go, "Fucking hell!" Like, I'm t- I'm down on myself constantly. I need to change things. I like, feel like. It's, it just comes with maturity and experience. I'm not saying I'm super mature and experienced. I'm fucking obviously not. Mm. Um, but you come to certain parts in your life where you have like realizations or aha moments mm. where you just look back and go, oh, you start putting things together. Like looking back, you can only. What think, was that up to? Like, yeah, like yeah. what? It's, it's really like. Um, that Steve Jobs quote that he says where you can't join the dots looking I love forward. Steve Jobs. I oh, know. Yes. It, it, it sounds a little bit corny. Steve Jobs is good too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever Jobs his name is. is Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, <laughs> Steve J, Stevie J. You can't figure things out looking forward. You can only kind of put the dots together looking back. And it's a lot of retrospect looking back. Mm. Oh, and you kind of figure things out and you're like, 
you know, if you think positive and you act positive, most of the time the result's positive. Yeah. And it all starts with what's inside your head. You so are you trying to reinforce that positivity every day? Are you, are you all searching the time. for stuff that, I don't know, gives you a bit of a... I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly... Like I'm a go-getter, mm. but I'm not. I'm not like one of those motivational quotes sort of guys. I'm not. I'm not against it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to do whatever you need to do to get yourself up. But um, nice. like, are you are you looking for things that sort of get you going each day, or are you just already driven? No. Are you following people online that you find are inspirational to you? And okay, good. That's a good question because a lot of people find like there's two types of people: people that need to be pushed. By another force or Ex- people that extrinsic motivation yeah or people that pull themselves yeah so, intrinsic motivation <laughs> in the, i prefer buzzwords. people that pull themselves I like buzzwords. But, oh, come on. whatever fancy word you want to use buzzwords come yeah, on. yeah buzzwords so i'm i would like to think i'm the type of person that doesn't need to be pushed but that doesn't mean like i can still find something on instagram and go off oh, you know what i'm gonna go train legs now man but this has got me motivated i still find those which is good but no I wake up in the morning and I know that it all starts inside my own head. Yeah. So I'll have my little mantras. I'll have a little pep talk in the mirror, whatever, whatever. It might sound cheesy to some people. You're the best full host yeah, yeah. today. Do or write it down. Or write do you stuff flex down. while in the mirror while you're saying that <gasps> to yourself? How many hours to, a day do you flex in front of the mirror? To be honest, n- nothing these days. <laughs> what? I feel like that was a you phase know, in my 20s all the time. I used to live in front of the mirror in my 20s. But you're, like I said before, your motivation to train changes yeah. in my 20s. I just wanted to look super aesthetic with the abs and just have that. For, so because you're obsessed with that look, you 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 want reaff, you know you want to validate it every morning. You look at yourself and you feel, which is nothing wrong with that. No, all right. But in my thirties, I feel like it's it's not so much about that. I get bored looking in the mirror, like you know what I mean. Like looking at my face, looking at my physique. Yeah, you know of, how we feel when I, we look at you. I, <laughs> I kind of get it. You get over it after a while, right? I'm so over. You can it. only look at so many naked selfies. But um, um, yeah, so so motivation. I, I find the best type of motivation does come from within. But yep. if you need to look externally and, and get it externally, so be it. But eventually, I think that turns into sort of self motivation. But however you get it. Yeah. But you're yeah you're always positive. You're always upbeat. From what we see, anyway, mm. I'm sure you have your down times and things like that. Um, what, what we're going to talk about is obviously, you know, some fat loss stuff a bit later. Yes. You know, but we're talking about fat loss. Your, your physical diet. But, you know, you also have a mental diet. What you, what you Mental take, diet? Yeah, man. What I you do. take in, your thoughts. Wow, all of I that like is, that. Is, okay. is, is part of your diet. You know, you are what you eat, but you are what you think as well. That's a good. I like that. I never heard that before. Mental diet. Yeah. Yeah. Positivity. Yeah. Watch comedies. Yeah. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? Yeah. So you, back in the day, I know, and I know you're a sen- bit sensitive about this topic and, I, and we're mates, so we can sort of talk about it. And you're, you're a very public person, yep. but you're also a very, very private person. Yeah, these pieces, I like to keep it. Yeah. So you were part of the aesthetics crew back in the day. Sure. And, and obviously, um, that was a, a part of your life. It's yeah. not your whole life. I noticed online you get bombed with yeah, questions about that. And you are, you're very sort of protective of, of that part of your life and, you, and the friends that you held close to you at that mm-hmm. time. Um, is, is there reasons why that you, you yeah, keep that so definitely. close? <clears throat> I think... I think, that, look, there's lots of different things that have come about from that life, very short period of my life, and a lot of positive things. <clears throat> but it was a, it's a double-edged sword. <clears throat> I'll tell you why. So the, obviously that whole thing revolved around Ziz, or Aziz. He was extremely popular, motivated so many people, including myself, and was just an out-there character. 
uh, and built a massive following. Um, the first yep. to build a massive following in the fitness industry with that social media style. 100%. He was the original YouTuber. He, he was, was on YouTube he, before he, anyone else he was. He made a following, not even trying to make a following, just doing what he loved, being himself. Whether you like him or not, he's, he's not an innovator in, in, in... 100%. And um, we are looking at some of the videos the other day on YouTube, like the, the quality of the camera. It was, yeah. oh, it was, it was a potato. But yeah. it was way well before, his, before the time of social media and YouTube being a huge thing. So a yeah. bit of an innovator, but like you said, it was... It's not everyone's cup of tea. And yeah. I understand that because me now at 37, looking back on me when I was 27, I cringe too. I'm like, Mate, oh my God, I was into that kind of stuff. And, we but, all do. We yeah. all look back at ourselves at that age. I look back at myself. I look back to the last episode that we did of this podcast. And I, <laughs> I cringe at myself, I let alone at what my, I was like in the 20s. I look back at my breakfast and cringe. <laughs> we all change. We all evolve. And yeah, and yeah so... so, so the, the double-edged sword is, like, I guess he's got such a massive following, right? <clears throat> now, he's passed away. He was a close friend of mine. So he's passed away, and I'm one of those people that I don't want to keep talking about a, par- a person that's special to me that passed away because it brings up old wounds and it opens up sensitive parts. And I can understand the young guys now that follow him and go, oh, this guy's amazing, and they idolize him. Yeah. They want to know everything about him. They want to know what he had for breakfast, what calories was he on, what was his cycle, what was his favorite song. And these questions that they have because they want to soak up everything they, they, they can about him, they'll come and they'll ask me that stuff. Yeah. So the last thing I want to talk about is, is something about my dead mate that passed away. Hmm. What was his favourite song? From some random that I don't know to yeah. ask me some sensitive, so- like, sensitive just, song, sensitive questions. To me, it's like, well, I don't want to, tell you. I don't want to talk to you about that. You know and I'm mean? sure that it comes from a good place and they're just interested. But, you know, like, it's, it, like you said, it's in the past, very sensitive. A yeah. good mate has passed. And plus, you're your own man now. Yeah. Like, yeah. ask me what my yeah, favorite yeah, that's song right. is. Ask I don't want to be. What... I don't want to be known for for just being the guy that was his friend. Yep. Mm. I want to be known for my own legacy because he's left his legacy, and, yep. and that's amazing. Like, we don't need to do anything to build it anymore. It's where it is, and it's amazing. I want to build my own. For randoms, I understand. Like you said, I understand where they're coming from. They're coming from a good place. They're young. Yeah. They've probably never lost someone important in their life before, so they don't know what it's like. They don't know how they'd process it because everyone processes it different. Mm. Some people. Happy to talk about him. I was mates with him and they want to talk about him all day long and for hours on end they can talk about what kind of, what size was his shoe and all that stuff. Whereas I like to... Big shoes though. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about that stuff. No. Because it kind of, it's it's sensitive. You yeah. Know what I mean? So and that's, and that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, how have you been going at home, locked up with the missus? I know you two are, um, are close and you're very similar people. You've got the same sort of interests yep. and stuff, but... I know, like this week, especially for me, last week was pretty cool. I go through little phases. This week for me was tough and more mentally tough than anything. I think mm. I'm, I'm a guy where I get sort of a few hours today traveling to and from work to myself to really think and self-reflect and listen to podcasts and a bit of time in my own head. Mm. Now that I've been at home, I'm struggling to find that alone time away from the kids. I'm not saying I'd want to be away from the kids or the wife, but that I think everyone sense. needs a little bit of alone time. And I've, I've had a rough week. Like, how are you dealing with this mentally? Oh, the same. I'm the same. Like, I don't have kids yet. We're pretty um, edgy people too. Like, we always got to be on the go or doing something. It's probably something. all the caffeine we're consuming <laughs> and other things. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kids, no. just caffeine. <laughs> the, 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 it, I'm having a trouble. I'm having a trouble. I'm having a tough time as well, um, mentally, getting my alone time. But 
How do I answer this without? Because I know the missus is going to watch this. I don't want to upset her. What you say about me? Yeah, no, look, look. Oh, I'll you want to be alone? I'll have been so you bothered me? The one person I want to be around all the time, it's my wife. I know. Right? That's yeah. the reason why I married her. But uh, you're right. You knew that alone time. And and once you do have it, you cherish it and you soak mm. up every minute. It's nice. Like, I don't imagine in the car for yourself, driving for a couple of hours to get to work, it'd be nice. Yeah. You know I mean, just to, for me, it's, it's, it's the reason why. It's kind of a good thing that she doesn't like going for long runs because that, that's my my time. Yep. I'd go and run for 40 minutes, maybe three, four, five Ks on a consistent, just go for a run, zone out headphones and I absorb, I absorb every minute of it or I enjoy every minute of it. And that's really my alone time, which is probably why my cardio has been a lot. Well, there's been a lot of cardio for me lately. Yeah, yeah. That's, for that's your alone time. That's my alone time. She works... Um, as she was a nurse. She's a nurse. She's Shout out to nurses. All nurses. On the front line. Man. Killing it. Um, she's working Monday, oh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So yep. she's out of the house all day. So that's alone time as well. So yep. um, I miss her. I know she's. I, I miss her very much when she's going away. I can't stand not being away from my wife. I love you so much. It's almost <laughs> like you've had you got this written on a script. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and Did she write this for you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, that's how I do it. It's tough. But you've just got to find it, you know what I mean? Like, and um, speaking of being on the front line, Hal working in the liquor store, oh, <laughs> on the, the front line, doing the <laughs> the real hard yards. Oh, People need true. liquor in this time. Yeah, no, true. have you been Hal? You, you're struggling, or are you going okay? I love it. It's the closest I get to socialising these days. What being at the at, at the bottle shop for? Yeah, so you work at a liquor store. That probably explains why this is vodka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Nice. That's the only thing we could get away with. <laughs> We should um we should probably jump into the latest news in sports. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, first off the bat, Dana White. Dana White. Dana White. Uncle yeah. Dana. Uncle Dana, Dana White. Yep. Steve Jobs. Whatever you want. <laughs> uh, D White um, says he'll stage fights on a private island. Did you see this? The UFC has purchased an island to stage fo- international fights on. That's real. I thought that was just a troll. No, no. it's 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 real. Apparently, do, do you know where it's it is? Some Model though? Combat shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kumite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they. I think they originally were looking for this island to try and keep the Khabib Tony Ferguson fight still alive, which we now know is um, has been cancelled. But um, yeah, they've they've just secured this island. I saw this morning. It's it's a month away from being completed and ready to stage fights. Do you know where it is? I don't know where it is. I think it's off the coast of America somewhere. I'm pretty sure. I don't <laughs> Let's know. Go. Oh, sounds. <laughs> Easy to find. Yeah, sure, we could find it. But um, but the next UFC got cancelled. You know, yeah, uh, this is the only spot I was looking forward to. The only thing left in the world. I think the big bosses at ESPN and Disney stepped in and basically squashed the UFC's plans to put on this next fight, which was meant to be in. I think it was next, next weekend. Week, yeah. Next weekend. Why did they even, squash it? Even Dana has a boss, man. Because of, Who would have thought? Because of coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, Insensitive. So should, it's probably the. The worst type of sport for social distancing. Yeah. They were planning yeah. on doing it with an empty empty um, arena, just the necessary people there. So the minimum, like under-required yeah. people. But I, I guess at the end of the day, they, they need but, to... Um, let's, yeah. Can we all agree that that's actually possible? You could do that and pull it off, still do the pay-per-view. Yeah. They can and still make money off that event. Yep. But they, yeah, they but it involves two people become coming very, very close together. I know. But can they not be tested beforehand, like porn I think stars? They, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the, well? Sure, that was a legit question. I, I, I think could I they think, not test them beforehand? And maybe I don't they know how, how, um, There's how probably a model there that they could follow. To be honest, I'm but. pretty sure they copied that exact model. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no doubt they were going to do some testing. But yeah, it's just been squashed. So, but Fight Island, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll get. I think we're going to see some fights from there in the near yeah. future. So it should be interesting. Yeah, and then the Hunger Games in a couple. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> looking forward to it. No, crazy. <laughs> what else is happening, Hal? This next one is a doozy. Um, EPL star hosts sex party during lockdown. Carl Walker. English Kyle Premier League. Walker oh. plays for Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> during lockdown, he is uh, he, he's facing disciplinary action for um, breaking lockdown laws or conditions by hosting a sex party. He uh, invited two or three women over to his to his place, and mm. uh, yeah, wow. And how do people? How well, must have broadcasted it or something. How did, did people you catch on to this? Instagram live on something? Or, or I think he went Instagram. He went live. <laughs> he took questions. Yeah. Q&A. How did how people find out that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of people dobbing people in nowadays. What so are single snitches. people doing these days, though? Maybe because his neighbour got never got an invite, so that's why his neighbour snitched on him. Yeah, but, but you know, for for some of these football players, that's probably just a Tuesday. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, we have taco Tuesday. Oh shit! Uh, I was having a party. <laughs> sex party. Yeah. Sex party Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what are what are single people doing? Are you allowed to actually? Put it slide into someone's DMs and, and hook up with a meeting or like I don't, know, go. I don't know I don't know I don't know what the rules are but um, I think everyone's a little confused yeah yeah Darren that's what I'm asking you specifically I'm right? just uh, you know hey hey you want to break some social distancing rules oh, or outlaw <laughs> sex oh it's better when it's illegal yeah I'm Come sending on. the police over to your I'd place bre- I'd break social distancing rules for you exercise, so. I saw yeah. I saw something the other day where a guy got fined in Australia a guy got fined for washing his car at a car wash at 1.30 in the morning no he was on his apparently he's a shift worker and he just wanted to wash his, car. wash his car at a time that suited him, middle of the night, 1.30, no one else in the car wash. He's got video footage of it. Two police officers pulled up and fined him. Is this legit? Because I feel like... It's legit. I watched the video yeah. and he's posted it on his Facebook oh, page and he actually gosh, got that's done. That's crazy. I know. Huh. So it's, it's almost like it's already a stressful enough time. And yeah. I know people have to sort of stick to the rules, but there should be some cases like that where no one else is around. It's one thirty in the morning. You've got to have a little bit of understanding the situation. I, I think what's... The thing about social media these days is you hear accounts like that um, and it's... it's A lot of people are given minimal context because we don't know what could have mm. happened. Beforehand, the, before the video. Exactly. He could have been... Um, he could have been minding his own business, but then the cops come up and just ask him a couple of questions. He could have been a massive dick. Yeah. And they said, you know what? This guy's a prick. Let's just give him a fine. Yeah, and true. There's no context behind that because I've seen a lot of people not really doing anything bad. If they were just nice to the coppers, there wouldn't have been a problem. But a lot of people seem to get super hostile for whatever reason. They feel like, you know. They're already redlining by the time the already, police officer comes and up to If them. I was a cop, I'd be like, oh my God, can I just give this guy a fine? He's been a dick. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. imagine, imagine that'd be the hardest job in the world. You're I dealing know. with negativity. All shift long, so all the time. I think I feel like since so you're, you're right. a cop, instantly there's a whole bunch of people that just don't like you because of the fact that you're a cop. Yeah, um, shout out to cops. Yeah, <laughs> coppers on the front line. We love you. Yeah, yeah, on the front line. And you see, they've um they've closed down beach walks, the the Bondi walk. Um, they've, yeah. they've basically shut that off. So they're doing everything they can. To, I think uh, everything's on like a case by case basis. You know, yeah. something yeah. something like that. It's it a blanket case. You know, yeah. what I mean, there's got to be some things that are. Well, this makes sense to kind of let it go, and this makes sense to kind of lock it down. Yeah. Yep. If that makes sense. Makes sense. What else you got, Hal? Um, several athletes who have been caught uh, doping. Uh, they've banned from the 2020 Olympics, but they will be allowed to compete in the 2021 Olympics. So they put the Olympics back, postponed it a year. It's now happening in 2021, and what that what has happened is 
athletes that have tested positive for banned substances that have been banned for four years or whatever, it's now allowing them an extra year. Their ban has lifted, so they wouldn't have been able to compete in the 2020 games. But because their ban's been lifted, they've done their time, mm. they're now eligible to compete in the 2021 games. But mm. I don't know how that works. Haven't they already qualified for the Olympics? Like, they've picked the teams. Is there a requalification process? Uh, I guess, you know, every Olympic event is probably different in terms of the qualification process and stuff. But, you know, on the other side of things, um, if you uh, have some performance enhancements, you can potentially get lifelong gains from that um, beyond your, your sentence. So, you know, um, even these people that they you know this they did their time so to say yeah um still might, might not necessarily be on a level playing field i 100 percent agree with that it, it, it changes it changes a lot and you see yeah. it yeah I, I see it in people at the, at the gym that i've known for a long time they might have been on been on some substances for mm. many many years and then got off for many many years but they've kept most of their gains they're a lot stronger than everyone else it's been a lifelong natural they've got a different hmm. how do know. you how do you how do you you can't like for me I see we're coming from totally, but it's like there is what's a level playing field because some people naturally are gifted because of a small genetic thing they might have. They've got slightly higher testosterone or a slightly better ability to hold muscle or reaction time or whatever. And what's level? You know, it's not like we're we're building a, a racing car championship where every driver's got the exact same specified car with the exact output. Everyone's physique and capabilities are different. What's level these days? There well, is no level, especially when it comes yeah. to the Olympics. Again, Mr. Oh. Mr. Controversy, I'll cop it again. That dirty. Yeah, oh, the 100%. Olympics are dirty oh. as they come. I agree with you. What? After watching that, doc- having said that, and there are some clean players. You oh. know, like that's who Sprinkled you that's amongst the. This is where Darren. This is why the elder listeners love Darren. Have you <laughs> not watched that? Um, what's that show? Bigger, that faster, stronger. No, 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 no. The other one. The Invictus. Other one the... I mean, um, yes, that one that you told me to watch. Not Invictus. Uh, Invictus. So what's it called? Um, what's the guy that flies, going crazy flies too right close there. to the sun? Uh, Icarus. Icarus. Yeah. Icarus. Yeah. Icarus. Yeah, that one. Icarus. That yeah. one. Like, that blew my mind. That was yeah. a mind-blowing. And the fact that that... Um, the systemic doping right from the top from Vladimir insane. Putin. Like how, yeah. if, from the government. If, if I'd watched that doping. and I was an Olympic athlete, wanted to be in the Olympics, I wouldn't want to be in the Olympics. And I was natural. I wouldn't yeah. want to be in the Olympics anymore knowing that there's that much doping going on. What's level? But level that, seems to be, well, if you want to be level, you've got to be on stuff. Yeah. Well, this is the problem facing the world, and uh, uh, I think it's a big topic that you can't really get into. But you know, right now, if you're playing by the rules, you follow the International Olympic Committee rules, who abide by the water rules, saying, and there's a list of what you can take and what you can't take. Sure. So you know, there's some. There needs to be some kind of judge. Can I ask you a question? What's up? Because we're talking about level playing field here now. Yeah. What if we've got um, athlete A, who is naturally gifted has a higher than a slightly higher than usual testosterone. We shouldn't go down this route. Um, on yes, we th- should. Just just to get your opinion. Yeah. Okay, just okay. Darren's opinion. So, so you've got athlete A who has he's genetically gifted. Yeah. He has slightly higher testosterone than than the usual dude. Drug cheat. Yeah. Right? No, 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 he's, no I'm he's, kidding. <laughs> he's natural, so he's got a high testosterone. Let's say his testosterone for argument's sake is nine hundred, whatever that means. Yeah. And then you've got athlete B who's natural, uh, but he's Natural testosterone levels only at 500. Yeah. But he utilizes substances to get his testosterone to 900. So now he's level with the gifted athlete A. Would you call that level playing field? If 
athlete B is using a substance to be the exact same level as athlete A? Well, you know, we talked previously about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. I think what they're trying to refer to as a level playing field is intrinsic factors versus extrinsic factors, right? If it's coming from within, if it's coming from your genetics, that's kind of considered natural. If it's coming from an external source, something that you're injecting into your ass, then, you know, and that's maybe why that's that's what's considered unfair. Yeah, that, and I think that's where they draw the line. Yeah, are always, always the best superior. Superior, and that's yeah. sports. That's the way yeah. it's meant to be. Yeah. yeah, I reckon they should do a, an Olympics though, where they just there's no testing, just the Super Olympics. Is that not Mr. Olympia? Well, no, it's WWE. I, mean, <laughs> I want to see. <laughs> I want to see classic? a guy throw a javelin. Me too. Three point five k's. Me too. When I go see sports, I want to see some superhuman. Yeah. Dude, I don't care what he's on, but if he does something that I find entertaining, or I'm or, like, I'll pay for that seat. But, I want to pay. For, I don't want to pay but to sit and watch a regular dude kind of run around on a track. No, it needs to be agreed with all athletes beforehand. So then yeah. it's like, go for it. But I think once you, like but you then said, it's all about who got the best chemist, right? You know, and not necessarily because the I think guy it is because gifted, because it's not the athlete; it's chemist. it's the mind behind them that you know, like look at that doctor in in uh, Icarus. Yeah, he was the mind behind everything, yeah, right? right. You know, um, if you got a doctor like that on your side, then obviously, you know, it's all about who's got but the best. But we start going down that path and obviously the moral aspect. That's what I'm saying. Let's like, not go down that. Let's not talk about... The jabbing gear because he wants, you know what I mean? We've like, gone down a, a rabbit hole here. What we, else, we what else we is going on, Al, in sports? Oh, look, it's 4.30 already. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Musashi does not endorse this. We, no. Musashi definitely does not endorse the use of banned substances. Banned substances. But that's up to you. This, this next title is juicy. Uh, former athlete of the year revealed to extraordinary betrayal from those closest to her that pushed her into a career in pornography. Do you see this? So there was a, there was a, a gymnast from the Netherlands. Her name is Verona uh, van der Lua, 34-year-old. What's her name? I'll just look it up for research. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your wife's watching this. Oh, so geez. she was like the golden girl of gymnastics when she burst onto the scene. I think she competed... Um, European Championships at age 14. Um, her parents actually stole all her money that she had saved from from lifelong mm. sports, or not lifelong sports, but her career in sports. And it basically, um, the she then chose to go down the path of making porn How, to well, earn money. So she was 14. What's the age? Her age now? She's 34 now. Oh well, okay. Yep. No, she's not. She's not still 14. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess the life of an amateur athlete. Is um is is pretty tough as far as financial financially and especially when your um parents are stealing money off you as well. Yeah. But I don't know where does the choice to just oh my parents ripped me off now I I've now got, got no choice I have to get into porn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> what's the what's the so what's the reasoning? Give me more context. How did probably she she's good looking. So she blamed a somebody. Uh, somebody said? approached her. Probably you know um here's here's yeah. a way to get some extra cash. Mm. I don't know. Right. I don't really know the story behind it. But you know. There's so many athletes that are affected right now by um, coronavirus and, you know, all the in- incomes are at jeopardy. What's that got to do with being a porn star, though? Well, imagine <laughs> imagine you only get one shot at the Olympics in your life, right? And everything's riding on that. And the Olympics just got cancelled. So, you know, what are you going to do? I'm going to have sex on camera. That's what I'm going to do right there. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Now, listen, I think... Would you be a specialist on the pommel horse or the vault or what? <laughs> <laughs> I think, honestly, there's got to be some psychological reasoning behind it. Yeah. Who knows? And you, you can sit here and guess all day long. Maybe she's it's a way for her to rebel against the parents always um, kind of, I don't know, for whatever whatever way they raised her. She, she wasn't happy with it. Now she's rebelling against it. And this is her way of rebelling. Um, who knows? Maybe she's... Yeah, we don't, don't really know the full story. And we don't know her, so we don't really know why she got into it. But yeah. um, good luck to her if she's making plenty of money and that's what she wants to do. 
who are we to judge? What else you got, Al? Let's not get into the moral debates of, no, of, of different people's choices today. <laughs> uh, we've got an article about the coronavirus turning one of the Olympic athletes' uh, tattoos into something rather unfortunate. Well, it was, a, uh, it was an athlete that was getting all excited for the Olympics. And you know how athletes go out and they get the five rings and the Tokyo 2020 on them, the book of five rings, yep. <laughs> so they get the, um, they get the, the Olympic, Olympic tattoo. Yeah. So he went and got 2020 tattoo. And it's obviously not happening oh, in 2020. No. It's now 2021. It's pretty hard to make a uh, zero into a one with a tattoo too, isn't it? No, but you, is it coloured? Because you can get that lasered, right? Yeah, but yeah, but it's still, you know, you got Olympics 2020. Oh, it's it's going to go down in history as Olympics that never it's happened. It's a good so. story anyway, isn't it? And <laughs> people aren't going to remember. Yeah. Just cross out the zero and put a one and then kind of have a little tongue in cheek when people ask about it. Go, yeah. oh, originally was this. And or turn the zero into like the, the p- picture of the coronavirus. You know, that little thing. That you <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Color idea. it green, yeah. It's a good idea. That's why I'm in marketing. It would suck. I mean, for a lot of people, tattoos are like big deals and all this stuff, but... To me, because I've got, obviously I'm tattooed already, it's not a big deal. I would just nah. either get it lasered, yeah. change it, or just deal, just be happy with it. And when people ask, it's a story. You can talk, oh, man, I was actually in the Olympics. Like, he's going to be 50 one day, or she, and they're going to look back and go, oh, that was the coronavirus year, and this is what happened. Then it's got a story yeah. behind it, at least. Cool. Yeah, thing's got a story. Yeah. Imagine if you're an old man with the Olympics 2020, and like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, there yeah. was no Olympics that year. You've got to have yeah. worse <laughs> things tattooed on your body. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you have like, a big wang tattooed on your face or something. Like, that's... Oh, that, I was, I'm booked in to get that done. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, we're not talking about people's moral choices. <laughs> yeah, if you're coming to this podcast for, for moral decisions and, and, and a moral guide, this is not the podcast. If you don't like our podcast, just leave a comment below. Let us know what you didn't like and we'll um, make sure we fix that up for the next. Yeah, uh, we'll delete your comment. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else, Hal? Anything else? Uh, yeah, so those have been a couple of dark stories. We've got a, a little bit of light in that basketball fans may be eligible, eligible for refunds for the seats for Bo- Boomers versus USA. So when the USA were out here, was it, was it last year? Yep. Yeah. Last year, they um, that was at which it, stadium? Etihad, which Etihad, is now a marvel. Etihad yeah. Stadium for in, a basketball game. They basically had just all floor seating. There wasn't tiered seating. Mm-hmm. So... People going in there expecting to see the Boomers versus the USA, this big basketball game, huge crowd. They get there, it's basically all just flat, flat floor seating. So if you've got, if you've got Hal in front of you, 12-year-old, 7-foot-3 Hal, you, I can't see a thing going on. So there was heaps of complaints at the time. And, um, and yeah, now they're refunding people that are... I've been to the stadium twice. Is it just the short people they're refunding? Or? Yeah. <laughs> you and I would have no... And Deeran would have no hope. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been to the stadium twice. First time was to see Ronda Rousey get knocked out. Um, and, you know, Whitaker fought on that card as well against Uriah Hall. Second time was um, Whitaker versus Adesanya. And first time I was right up in the nosebleeds, right? You couldn't see anything. So yeah. such a big stadium so to why have. Don't they, why don't they do something about that? How can they... Doesn't... Someone with the brain that's kind of switched on and say, hey, how are you going to see if it's flat seating? Well, it wasn't really f- thought through. I think that stadium Far was designed out. for football games. Yeah. Um, even even the UFC at that stadium is tough. Unless you've got really good seats, it is hard to see what's going on inside of a small cage. Like I was saying, first time I was up in the nosebleeds, it was like watching ants. I basically watched the whole fight on the TV. Then this time for um, the latest fight, I was... watching on TV. We had the yeah. best seats in the house. So. Just watch yeah. ants in the backyard have a fight. That's yeah. it. Anything else, Hal? 
last one, some more good news. The NRL talking about restarting the season. So much controversy around I, NRL. I need the some sport to come back, please. Well, I sent you that that sport, the video to watch. Those <laughs> two dogs fighting over a bone. Yeah, I, uh, it's that, exciting. That's that, the best sport on the internet right now. <laughs> the NRL trying to make a comeback. Um, April... 1st of May. 1st of May. Yeah. 1st of May. But they've been going uh, at each other, or Channel 9 and the NRL have sort of been going at, at each other with... Um, There's a billion contra- dollar broadcast deal behind that. So. Contractual agreements as far as broadcast, they've been giving them a lot of money for the broadcast deal for a lot of years. And now sort of Channel 9 are, are questioning, what have you done with all that money for so many years? Why is it the AFL seems to be in a better position? Um, whereas the NRL seems to have sort of crumbled in a shorter amount of time. So, mm. but they're they're obviously looking to get back playing as quick as possible. But um, I think it's going to come with a new amended broadcast deal. Mm. Um, but it'd be good to see some sports get back. Any sport, really. I'll yeah. just I'm just you know I, I have this um, this appetite that needs filling just to watch some <laughs> kind of sport. But um, you know, if NRL comes back, it'll be good. But I just read something yesterday that, you know, Australian borders might even be closed for a year until the end You're of the year. You're kidding. What? A year. You got a trip planned? Yeah. Where to? October, Wuhan? Going to Maldives. Are you? Uh. Well, what, originally my honeymoon, which is my honeymoon, uh. was supposed to be March. But then a week before, mm. the borders closed. Okay, we can't go. So we lucky enough we could postpone and got credits for the flights. We've postponed that until October. We've still got the option to change it again if we want. Mm. But a year, that's a long time. Well, nobody knows what's going to happen. I just read something. It was in the Sydney Morning Herald, though, that, you know, it's well, going to be I, for a while. This is, my, this is my point of view. I don't make the rules, man. I'm just the messenger. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's... If we look at other countries that have had, that have flattened the curve, like your Singapore and your South, I was going to say North Korea for a second, South Korea, that have flattened the curves and they've done amazing jobs at it. But Singapore's getting a resurgence as well right now because they prematurely um, reduced the social um, distance. Sure, so we can learn from that as well. Yeah. So I think if we if we follow suit and learn, I think within a year for sure we'll be back. I think we'll be back. Mm. If we decide, no, nobody knows. If we decide right now to close. The, the borders for that long, shut down all the businesses for that long. Think about the economic situation we're going to be in. Not going to happen. And then the, the civil reaction that we'll get to that. You know what I mean? That's how riots start and whatnot. And Well, it's, it's all about, you know, increasing the medical capacity until then. And it's a big debate, you know, do we, how important is, uh, you know, saving the economy, saving the way of life versus saving lives, yeah, you know, so. It is. No, like you said, no one knows. Pe- people are saying we'll never shake hands or hug people ever again. Yeah. I'm shaking hands. Yeah, I'll hug you. Done. I'll hug you, Phil. Don't yeah, worry. Cool. We'll make out later. Phil needs yeah. hugs. Anything else? How is that it? No, that's it for now. I think let's get to the topic. Let's get on to the topic. Today's topic is on weight loss. Tips surprise, for weight loss. Surprise. Tips for weight loss in isolation. We've in got, isolation. Well, okay. we've okay. got well, and general weight loss tips. I think sure. it still applies outside of yeah. isolation. Yeah. We've got fill in because, mate, you are um, you, you're good at this. You are. Am I? Well, you are. Okay. You are. You are. You're um twenty four seven shredded. Twenty four seven lean shredded. No, you've been different points of your life. You've been sort of basically All in competition shape. Um, so we thought, who who better to get in and discuss this? And the three of us have. I think we all, we all agree in principle on, on the basics of, yeah. of weight loss, but I think we have some different views, which I think intre- uh, We've debated viewers and we- listeners will find interesting. We have debated this many, many times in here before. Yes. Um, but I guess the goal of this 
it, it, it's coming. It's all from a good place. Okay, we're not saying what you're doing out this there. This is the is, disclaimer before we choke each other. To yeah, death. well, yeah. I, I need a disclaimer from the last episode. It's just like, you know what? <laughs> it, it is what, like we said before. Don't come here for all all life advice. We get yeah. things wrong. We're evolving. We're growing. Sometimes we'll say the right thing. Sometimes we'll say the wrong thing. But all it all comes from a, a good place. So just know that. Um, but I think. Weight loss is, is a topic that everyone wants to know about. It really applies to everyone. No one wants to really be overweight. Everyone wants to be in optimal shape. So it definitely applies to everyone. And everyone's got different philosophies and different techniques that work for them. And some people have no philosophies and no techniques. And that's what we're trying to do today. We're going to break it down simply, a few different t- tips and techniques. Cool. But I think the purpose of this is while you're in isolation, whether it be weight loss or read more or do a course or use this time to get better at something. And, yeah. and that might be, for a lot of listeners, losing weight. You've now got more time on your hands. You're, you're still allowed to get out and exercise and do cardio. So just, uh, I think the moral of this is use this time to get better at and something. Like I said in the last episode, it's very easy to fall in the trap and become a, a popcorn factory, you know? I thought you were going to say porn star for a second. No, no. You know, your, your pantry's full of snacks. Yeah. All you're doing is processing them with your mountain of toilet paper. Sure. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but use this time to learn about weight loss and, and, and experiment. I mean, Nelson Mandela sat in a prison for 20 years. Yeah. And do you think he just sort of curled up in a ball and gave up? 27 years. 27 years. Well, you'd know better yeah, than anyone. That's 27 years, no phone, no family, no communication. So no? use that time to, to analyze the world, analyze himself. Uh, come up with ways that he could make the world a better place and and use that time wisely. It's easy just to give up and sort of put your head I, down. I think also in saying that, if I can add, um, also utilising this time to become better. And sometimes to become better, some people out there need to actually use this time as a rest because you could be one of those guys that's nonstop all the time, in the gym twice a, twice a day, running your own business, got a full family. Maybe you should use this time now to rest and switch some things off that don't need to be switched on right now. And then knowing that after a couple of months, you're going to come back and hit it twice. And now you're reinvigorated, uh, you're re-motivated, you've got that energy, you can restructure things um, and, and use it as di- downtime, but effective downtime, because um, I think that's important as well. One of the things that I've read is, um, you know, they're predicting a lot of people to come out of this overweight and, you know, obviously obesity and um, things like that have a big implication and, health in society so you know they're saying if people don't take care of your body weight and your health during this period it could be even more detrimental to society than the coronavirus itself Mm. because you know think about how many people die from you know non-communicable disease like um things that are um, can be prevented by diet and exercise yeah sure versus you know this big ominous thing that's going to kill a lot of people if we don't take care of it so you know it's a it's a it's, it's are we creating another problem by people getting overweight and destroying their bodies with Netflix and popcorn? Are we doing that or are they doing that to themselves? Well, are they doing it to themselves? I, th- I think they are. And I think this uh, leads into, I think everyone needs to ask themselves a few questions before they start a weight loss journey or a good nutritional plan journey. It's, is your mind right? Mm. Like is this, because their mind is the most important tool for weight loss. You can exercise all you want. You can do three exercise sessions a day, but if mm. you get home and you've got weak willpower when it comes to nutrition, mm. all that hard work is going to be undone. So your mind needs to be right. How important is weight loss to you? 
because is are you doing it for someone else are you doing it for yourself like has, has something is happened it, like you said in your life yeah. that there was an event that made you get into um fitness training or are you doing it to please someone else because i don't think that's the right motivation either yeah but 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 doing it to i mean just just on that point sometimes doing it for a, a, a reason that we might see as um immature or vain if that's enough to get you in the gym and get you in shape, okay, use it. It might yeah. not last forever. But it's still a reason for yourself. It's it, a vanity reason. It might be a vanity reason. It might not be as valid as a health reason, yeah. or, but it is to that person. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. So you can't rule that out because no. I feel like, just for an example, some of these young dudes that follow me that are like 18, 19, 20, wouldn't get in shape simply to have a six-pack thick and that's going to be Shredded for a festival. Sure, or you, even that. You know how many... Thousands of people probably shred for festivals. That's and, right. you know, you can't dismiss that as, you know, young guys and all that's um, doing just is, trying to look good. It's a tangible outcome that you're right. trying to train so towards. We, I, I think that's silly. or well, not silly, but I, for me, that's a reason I wouldn't use anymore. Man, However, they're in I their 20s. They're, they're doing it to yeah. go to a music festival to attract the opposite sex and yeah. get a life partner and then the life goes on from there. That's yeah. Hal's got his hands up. Um, <laughs> so that's a, to me, that's a valid reason as much as it's not a reason I use now. But it's a reason for self-confidence as well. And that's, it's better than sitting at home, getting like eating crap and not lifting a weight. It's better than that. You and, know you mean? know, when I first got into training, and it, it was about vanity for me, and I can I can openly say that, and you got your mates that aren't into training, oh, look at this guy doing it for the for this show and the six, he just wants to flex in the mirror. And like, dude, you're doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, at least I'm doing something. And mm. in 20 years' time, it might not be for vanity. It might yeah. be health, fitness, longevity. Mm. Yeah. And it, it is for me now. That's what it's about. It's, a, it's about longevity. And... and um, it doesn't matter what the reason is, as long as you've got a strong reason that you want to do it for yourself. And I totally agree with you. I think if, uh, if there's one point I want to get across the, to the listeners and the watchers now is that you've got to get in the right mindset. You've mm. got to find a solid reason or a why that's going to basically, whether it pulls you or pushes you into getting up, finding a routine and doing something, um, having that reason that, that that's going to push, uh, push you into getting up, mm. it could be... Um, something as vain as I just want to have a six pack so I can attract the chicks and get mm. laid or whatever could be, well, I've got a bit of trauma that I've went through because my old man was sick, or whatever. And I don't want to be like that. Yep. Could be um, my kids could be the family. It could mm. be for whatever. But as long as you, the first thing you do is you've got to find that. You've got to find it, that. Find it, the it motivation. Could be yeah. ex extrinsic or intrinsic. Yeah. Like we just talked about That's before, right. right? You know, if it's coming from yourself, like, you know, that you need to, lose this weight or you know say you're shredding for your wedding something yeah. like that you know some something to, your wedding. Yeah. something to train to us throughout my whole journey my reason has changed so many times exactly millions of times, millions of times. for the vanity whether it's for health whether it's for the misses whether it's for something silly whatever and and it's it, that's to me i i've learned that that you need something it's so, it's so true throughout your journey of training you, you do and it's same thing with me when when i first got into jujitsu i think i was 115 kilos I'm weighing in at like 85 now because wow. I soon realized that, okay, for me to be good at this sport and not just use pure strength and try and kill people with strength because that doesn't work yeah, in jiu-jitsu, right, yeah. um, I'm going to need to drop some weight, drop a bit of muscle mass so that I can practice jiu-jitsu efficiently mm. at, a, at an optimal weight. But like I said, in the past, it's been for um, reasons of vanity, but it doesn't matter what the reason is. And I think another important thing is to truly understand that this that the journey of weight i shouldn't even say weight loss it's good nutrition really mm. the journey of good nutrition for weight loss if you like 
is it's not a quick fix. No. I see all these 10, 12-week programs out there. And uh, I mean, that's a good kickstart. But generally what happens is people do these 10, 12-week programs and then they'll blow out at the end of it and then a blowout becomes another blowout. And then, you know, a month's gone past and you put a majority of that weight back on. Mm. So this is not a quick fix. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a change of life. Mm-hmm. Weight loss is a change of life or good nutrition. And yep. it should be... You can go through phases where you might put on two or three kilos here or there, but you're eating good and it's easy just to quickly fix that up. And we, yeah. I mean, what we do is not yo-yo dieting, but we go through phases where we relax a little bit. We might put oh, on yeah. two or three kilos yeah. and then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, I need to tighten things up here. Mm-hmm. But we're eating healthy 95% of the it's, time. It's, it's the lifestyle that we live and then you, like, you may fall off um, purposely oh, well, you know what, this Saturday is going to be uh, my wife's birthday or whatever and I'm going to have a big feast with her. And But then on Sunday, I'm back to my normal life. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, the, it's, it's that 95% of the time you live in this lifestyle and you either purposely or maybe sometimes accidentally fall off. But then it's so easy because you're used to it. You're used to that structure and that routine. You get back into it. It's just the way you are. Where some people are the other way around. They live a lifestyle that's um, not good for them, mm-hmm. so to speak. And then every now and again, they have little spurts of, oh, well, I'm going to have a salad today and go for a run. I know. But then the next day, they're back to the... It, it's the consistency. Yeah, it, consistency. It's what you do regularly, not what you do now and then that makes right. the biggest That's difference. Right. Consistency is king. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that consistent... Yeah. It's the king. So I, when it comes to nutrition, the type of diet that you utilize, I think it's, to me, one of the keys is mm. find the diet slash lifestyle whatever that is, that you personally can be most consistent with. How many yeah. things have you tried over the years? How many oh, different diets? Heaps. and what? Yep. Everything from keto, low-carb, intermittent fasting, starvation diet, uh, the dirty dream, dreamer bulk diet, um, whatever you want. Like whatever You, you pick it, I've tried it. Yep. And so what you've settled on now, yep. you've found optimal for you. you you've done trial and error through, throughout many, many years and yep. your body's changed over that time as well. So yep. you've had to adjust it. What... What is the main principle of weight loss that you would you would say is most effective for majority of people? For majority, definitely some type of flexible dieting approach. Yep. Uh, following uh, the basis of calories in versus calories out. Yeah. So um, you're big on calories in versus calories out big. with some flexible that, dieting so that you can still live a life. Yes, that's right. For me personally, and yep. obviously this is my opinion and my anecdotal evidence, I find that that works best for me because mm-hmm. I can have what I want mm-hmm. when I want it as long as I follow a certain guidelines, right? It's not about just fitting as much crap in as you can. There's guidelines you've got to follow and respect. You've got to respect it. And then it's, it's for me, it's the best. I was like, what? I would never go to anything else right now. So, so calories in versus calories out. How are you, and this is for people that are maybe just looking at nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. Let's dumb it right down. How are you figuring out how many calories Phil sure. Host needs to eat in a day just to maintain? So this is where... A lot of people, it gets a little bit, I don't want to say sticky, but it gets a little bit, now you've got to sit down, you've got to figure some stuff out. And some people, and there's some habits you have to do as well. And some people aren't open to those habits. Mm. So for me, I have to sit down and figure out, okay, roughly, what's the ballpark figure, amount of calories I'm personally burning a day with my lifestyle? Mm -hmm. So you're taking into account sort of 
resting calories that you yep. need just to sort of maintain just to then, stay alive. Then the cardio and weight training that you're doing each day, how many calories you're burning through there. Sure. So all that has to be taken into account. Yep. Then you can use, um, you know, th- these different, um, I guess, equations that you can use that are out there online. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go in, punch in your details. There's different apps that you can use all as that well. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Masashi website. So you can figure, Masashi yeah. website, you can figure out roughly how many calories am I burning a day, my yep. weight and my height, my lifestyle. Okay, so I'm burning roughly... 2,500. Yep. So, so that's what are you, baseline. What are you doing? Like if your goal now is, okay, I need to get shredded for a wedding or yep. a, uh, your trip to the Maldives, sure. right? Um, what, are you, what adjustments are you making to your calories in? How, how much are you reducing it? Are you changing the type of calories that you're eating? Um, the context, well, if, if I can have some more context, it depends on how much time I've got. Okay, say 2,500 calories for you. A yep. day is, yep. is maintaining your yep. weight. Yep. How much are you dropping in calories sure. for weight loss? Uh, initially, to answer that question in a nutshell, as little as possible. Right. As little as possible. However, the time is the variable there. If mm. I've only got two months to get in shape, yep. okay, well, I've got to have a more aggressive drop now because mm. I've only got two months. However, if I've got six months, well, it doesn't have to be such an aggressive uh, drop in calories. Yep. And the reason why you don't want it to be so aggressive because you don't want such a massive fluctuation in your lifestyle because exactly. that's where people fall off when there's a big change in lifestyle it's like getting a fish out of um its normal water and then dropping it into another fish tank that's extremely cold mm-hmm. it's probably how long is it going to last it'll probably oh. die after 10 minutes oh, no, that's, that's what happens to all my goldfish literally happens no aquatic life experts yeah. i drop ice cubes the in shock the, the shock in <laughs> dropping ice cubes but but what you're saying is true you know the bigger the drop the bigger, um, you know, almost the self-defense mechanism of your body is going to try and compensate. And actually, that's where you probably see the biggest weight regain after dieting is... And that's even if you get it off to begin with, because most people won't last with such a massive shock in their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, let me let me spit some science here real spit quick. It, so, um, you know, there's a few things that we know for certain in nutrition, because, you know, there's so many factors in your lifestyle and it's quite hard to, um, you know, study things in nutrition, you know, Um you know, stress affects you, sleep affects you. Uh, it's very hard to, to have a control study for a lot of things. But one of the things that we do know for certain is that weight loss comes down to the simple equation you talked about, calories in versus calories out. Where, the, where it's a bit cloudy is, you know, calories in versus calories out. A lot can change both ends of that um, equation. And, you know, I know you saying you track your macros um, quite um, religiously. Um, you know, so there's a few ways that you can actually um, control um, this calorie balance, right? Um, caloric restriction is what you're doing, right? You're counting how much in um, and ensuring, um, you know, how much out matches that. But there's also time restriction and dietary restriction where you can, you know, limit carbohydrates, limit fat, something sure. like that, or, you know, limit the time that you eat. How are you doing it? Are you, are you simply reducing the portion sizes of these meals that you're already eating? Are you dropping calories by, uh, obviously, fat, carry more calories per gram than protein and carbs? Are you looking to reduce fat because of their high caloric um, structure? Are you, how are you doing it? Are you just reducing portion sizes or are you eliminating certain types of macronutrients to, um, to get down? The easiest for me personally, the easiest thing to do is to drop, first off, drop the fats a little bit. Yep. Because like you said, one gram of fat is nine calories. So as soon as you skim some fat, you're already taking off two, three hundred calories just by skimming fat, and that could literally mean, okay, don't butter your bread every morning. Yep. And that could make the difference, or don't have so much peanut butter on your bread. Yep. Or cut the fat somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's that's the easiest way because instantly you're dropping from that'll drop me from two thousand five hundred. Yep. Now I'm already two two, and it doesn't feel like I'm changing my lifestyle at all. 
Yeah. Right? Yep. So wouldn't that be the best way where you can drop calories and it doesn't even, like, you can't even feel it? So what do they recommend? Dropping calories by sort of three to 500 calories a day best for weight loss? Um, it, it really depends, you know, how long you're trying to, um, how long you, you want to commit to this. Time. Um, I, I would recommend if someone is doing this, obviously it's a lifelong journey, but no less than, say, 16 to 18 weeks. And we're in the muscle gain business as well, strength and performance. I think the quicker that you try to do this, the more muscle wastage you're going to get as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by restricting calories too much. So yep. you want to do it over a longer period of time by reducing calories as little as possible, skim like it. you said, Phil. Yeah, skim it. Yeah. So having uh, sufficient calories has a muscle-preserving effect, right? But you know, if you are on a big caloric deficit, that's where um, you know, having extra protein in your diet can help. Um, obviously, you know, uh, having sufficient protein can prevent your muscles from breaking down too much. Um, but you know, there's, there's more than one way to skim reduce... Fat. The calories, right? Yep. You don't have to um, reduce the fat. Sure. Some you people, the carbs. some people love to reduce the carbs. And you sure. know, um, the other side of this is um, there's kind of a debate in nutrition. Why would you want to reduce carbs? Here we that go. That sounds crazy. Here we go. No you way. ready? You ready to jump on the roller coaster, guys? Oh, here we go. Reducing carbs already. I think we've just lost a few listeners as soon as you say reducing carbs. Well, I guess this is probably where I'll jump in. Um, for for me, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with it in principle. I agree calories in versus calories out is is the fundamental way to lose weight, right? And have a good nutritional plan. For me, what it comes down to, and I'm going to give a hypothetical here, which no one would do, but it's a hypothetical. Say you're on, no one would do it. Well, <laughs> well, let's just say you're on 2,500 calories a day, right? Yep. That whole 2,500 calories you eat in jelly beans or that whole 2,500 calorie, calories you eat in wild-caught salmon. So, uh, is your body going to respond to 2,500 calories for differently because of the different types of food? And I guess this might be a question for Darren as well, like a scientific answer. Well, e- each different food has a different hormonal approach, um, response, yeah. uh, affects the gut differently, has a, has a different uh, energy output. Like there's so many, while I agree with you, there's so many other factors that come into play when you're talking about calories in versus calories out because... Very much so. It's it's it sounds like a simple equation, but it, it can get very complicated very quickly. And you know there are these hormonal changes, uh, metabolic changes um, that play a big deal, right? So um, you know everybody's in control of what goes in them into their mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where you probably you know the biggest um, control of calories in happens. But you know what happens when it's into your body, your nutrient partitioning and things like that. What your body does with these calories mm-hmm. is different from person to person, and that can be affected significantly by your diet and the amount of you know, different types of foods in your diet. So there's two schools of thoughts, you know. Um, it, if it fits your macros, eat that shit. That's like, a uh, you know, a legit way to lose fat. Mm. The other school of thought is, you know, um, what you eat does matter. You know, eating minimally processed food, eating healthy stuff, you know, maxima- maxing out on vegetables, fiber, getting sufficient protein, that actually has a significant inf- impact on your metabolism and your hormones and things like that. So um, the real debate that exists is, What's more important, you know, having your macros down to a T, which we know is very important, or, you know, um, really stressing, um, you know, no sugar, um, eating this clean lifestyle that a lot of people um, like to think of. Sure. And, and look, my, my opinion on that is that there's, and what I've seen is that there's always people kind of bagging flexible dining because somehow it has this stigma that flexible dining means filling your macros with burgers and jelly beans, for example, 
but it, it sh- it's, it it's because be pe- people put a, 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 a burger photo oh, up no. and say you know i'm shredding but i'm eating or burgers people are selling their meal plan saying that come and do my meal plan because you can eat donuts and mm. still get lose weight it's it's just the people that are advertising it wrong and they're and they're putting this stigma out there that flexible dining is just donuts and jelly beans and as long as it fix your macros bro that's all good and it's, it's it should be both you should be having 80 percent 90 percent whole foods nutritious foods nutrition dense foods uh, vitamin rich and then if you hit 80 90 percent of your calories through that in a day now it allows you to have jelly beans donuts um and that to me sounds like the perfect way to do it um obviously having 2500 calories worth of jelly beans in a day is obviously that's not plausible challenge but you accepted can. <laughs> it's challenging yeah. yeah well let's try it now here we've got yeah. bring it in we've forget, got the jelly beans forget your push-up challenge <laughs> we're going right now so i think and I really want to stress this: it's got to be, it's got to, you've got to have some discipline. Yes. And there has to be some mental uh, discipline in there where you realize, and people need to teach this properly. You know what I mean? The thing with fat loss is there is no shortcut. You yeah, know? there's no shortcut. 100%. It, it right? requires discipline. You either have to, you know, track your macros. If you're not willing to track your macros or, you know, really pay attention to what you're having, like in terms of, you know, the quality of your food, the quantity and the quality, right? Then you're not going to lose weight. Tough shit. I right? think everyone you know? just wants the easy way out. Yeah. They want what's the they easiest do. way Pre- that I can go from here to here, yeah. not have to do as much as hard work, and I can enjoy the foods I eat because I don't have to mentally. Um, you I'll know, do anything to lose weight, yeah. except diet and exercise, yeah, like the thing exactly. that works, right? You know. So I think that's what the um, the biggest challenge for most people is, and and the biggest misconception with the whole flexible dieting is that people are advertising it, um, you know, with donuts and and cookies and stuff and. I think um, you nailed it there, Phil. Yeah. People are advertising it yeah. as though that is the main staple of that st- type of diet. Yeah. And it, and it, I guess it's a hook. It, it's it's trying to get those mainstream people in, oh, I could still eat donuts mm. and still lose weight. And that's the hook. It, it, it's a marketing trick basically from them that are trying to sell it. 100%. That. And you said you've tried every diet out there. Yep. I'm the same. Mm. I'm the same. And my body has changed over the years. When I was a young guy playing footy and things like that, I was eating pocket loads of calories yeah. and not putting on weight. Over the years, I've had different responses to different foods. And I'm I'm sort of in that, um, I'm not set on any one diet by any means. And I've been a strong advocate the, recently of like a low-carb or a keto-style diet, only because as a 40, oh, sorry, a 80-something-year-old man, <laughs> um, like I'm getting my response to carbohydrates, regardless of the type of carbohydrates, is it's getting worse and worse. I get mm. I get bloated, I get sleepy, I get foggy in the brain, um, I get water retentive. Sure. I um, so that's my response to carbs. And I'm saying like, all and I've got a million mates that are doing bodybuilding comps and things like that. They they maintain carbs all the way up until the day of their show. Mm. And I remember when I was doing bodybuilding comps, if I did that, which I tried, I looked like shit. Mm. Um, but when I restricted my carbohydrates and upped my fats, so it's still I'm still getting sort of similar sort of calories, but from a different fuel source. I'm yep, getting it yep, from fats. Yep. I found that has worked better for me. I've I've dropped weight. I'm less water retentive. I've got a clearer mind. I'm not getting sleepy. I'm bursting with energy. So I think the important thing that people should take out of today is look what what you say is not is not it could, might not, not be for everyone. And what right. I say is might not be for anyone, mm. but it works for me. Yeah. And I think it's it's experimenting. Try all these different methods and see what works for you. Duran, you've recently um, experimented with in- intermittent fasting. So what, what was your experience with that? Have you eaten yet today? I haven't he yet. hasn't eaten in three years. Yeah. 
He's going. It's a new type of intermittent fasting. <laughs> My arms used to be bigger. Starving. <laughs> so you haven't eaten today at all? No, I did. I did. I'm not. I'm not doing it right now. But I'm a massive fan of intermittent fasting. And yeah, right. um, you know, your body has a magic way of regulating. Hang on, hang on, hang on. From a scientific standpoint, you start off the sentence with a magic way. I love my magic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, magic way of regulating calories in versus calories out, right? Science yeah. is magic. It's called. Right? It's called appetite, right? Okay. That's the magic way your body regulates your calorie intake. Um, so, you know, with intermittent fasting, well, you know, what I do is not really what I would consider intermittent fasting. It's more time-restricted eating, you know, um, where you have a window of period where you don't eat versus... It's where the same concept as intermittent fasting. There's a window where you don't it eat. It is. But I would call intermittent fasting, you know, where you typically don't fast for 24 hours. Wow. Um, shout out to my boy, Dean, who just did a 72-hour fast. Um, is he still with us? <laughs> he's still here. He's still here. <laughs> he's starved to death. Um, but I'm actually um, thinking about doing maybe like a 48-hour fast. Um, you know, I stuck it on, might as well shred. But um, so, you know, um, when you're experiencing this hunger in this intermittent fasting, so what's happening is, you know. Probably start by explaining what is intermittent fasting. Good idea. So, um, you know, intermittent fasting is simple. Um, well, time-restricted eating is what I was trying to say is simple. It's basically you don't eat for a period of time and then um, you have a certain window where you do eat. For example, you have 24 hours in a day, 16 hours a day. Um, you don't eat. Eight hours, you eat. Regularly. So give us a, an example day. An example day is... Wake up, you don't eat till... So, um, you know, you have your last meal, dinner time, 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, then you don't eat again till 12 the next day. That's okay. 16 hours of not eating, right? All you can have is water. Are you still consuming within that eight-hour window? Are you still consuming the same amount of calories that you would if you weren't doing intermittent fasting? The idea is to not consume um, an excess. Uh, you know, some people binge out in this eight hour, but the idea is just to eat according to your appetite. Control. And yeah, okay. so it's giving your digesti- digestive system a good break. Mm. It's giving your um, digestive system a good break, and the, these other hormonal adaptations and autophagy and things like that that goes on, which uh, you know we won't really talk about today. But you know, ultimately, how every good diet works is um, by implementing this calorie deficit onto you, right? Um, you know, like I said, you're you're following. Um, uh, by controlling your, your macros, right, and counting everything that goes in, that's caloric restriction. What Ross is doing is, you know, limiting the carbohydrates. That's dietary restriction. You know, you're restricting a food group. What I was doing is time restriction, right? So I'm just all, I'm, I'm more focused on when I eat rather than what I eat, right, during this um, intermittent fasting period. So this is for sort of everyday people. What about athletes? What about performance? Because you've said sort of when you were doing intermittent fasting, great for weight loss, yeah. you didn't feel quite as strong. Yeah. So uh, for I did powerlifting. Yeah, I definitely when it came to uh, squatting and things like that, uh, I didn't I didn't have that same uh, you know level of strength. And really, it depends on the type of activity that you're doing as well. Yep. Um, you know, if it's quite high intensity, then you're probably gonna have to um, want to be quite well fueled, but you know, a lot of athletes can perform well during a fast. Yeah. Um, you know, there's soccer players that fast every year for Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And they play. They play every year. There's a lot of endurance athletes now uh, switching over to a keto-style diet, using fat as a as their main energy source. And some of the best in the world are on uh, on that keto-style diet. So, it's, again, w- what works for you. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, as an all-round general guide, I think Phil's way of just Calories in versus calories out, including carbs, fats, proteins, and good vitamins and minerals, <laughs> yeah. is, is probably best for performance athletes. Uh, well, this well, is the well, thing. As de- a blanket it, statement. It, it depends. As a blanket like, it, statement, it, it, but we can't blanket because no. I think what's one thing I want to point out here is it, 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 every style, lifestyle that you want to choose has its areas, I guess, 
that are the bits that are hard to do for some people. For example, intermittent fasting. Not everybody's prepared to go through the not fasting period. To experience that hunger. Yeah, people can't handle it. People, I, like, I couldn't. I, 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 I love the mental challenge of yeah. it, but some people struggle. With flexible dieting, not everybody wants to count everything and weigh everything with an app. I can understand how that's so tedious for some people. But, but do you're that. only doing that for a certain amount of time until you get a good idea of how much of everything. Then you can kind of eyeball I mean, you're not, you're pretty religious with like weighing foods and things like yep. that. But I mean, if you didn't have a calorie yep. tracker, you'd have a good yeah. idea of what to the eat. With anyway. experience, you, eventually you can just get to the point where you can eyeball stuff. Yeah. Four sausages is usually 200 grams or whatever. You know yep. what I mean? Um, and with um, keto style, obviously not everybody's prepared to, well, I can't eat bread or something. You know what I mean? So there's always a sticking point. Yeah. But the, the overall general consensus is find the one that you can adhere to the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Compromise the little bits that are difficult. You either have to do them or... You can't do this lifestyle. The best I mean? diet is the diet that you stick to. 100%. And that's the underlying factor here across, I think, across all. So, so how I structure my nutrition nowadays is I just have a target number of protein that I want to hit every day. Mm -hmm. uh, once I hit that protein, then I just focus on minimally processed food, try and get enough fiber. Fiber is super important for a lot of reasons. Um, and then, you know, try and make sure I eat a variety of colored food to get enough micronutrients in. All right. Here's a question for both of you. We talked about sort of time restricted, calories in versus calories out. It used to be sort of going back 10 years, it, it, it used to be, I don't know, you got to eat five to six meals a day. Yeah, Every yeah. three hours, you got to get the amount of protein and carbs and people are eating more frequently to speed up their metabolism. But since inter intermittent fasting's come in and there's just a window to eat, people might only be eating three meals a day. What are you guys doing? Are you eating five meals a day still? or are you uh, Yeah, I usually have my, yeah, roughly five. So I'd have like breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then two snacks, snacks or meals, yep. little meals in between. So what, like three or four hours in between each meal? Or? Yeah, roughly. But I don't roughly because of a routine. Yeah. But I don't do it purposely. Yeah. Um, what about some days if you just feel like oh, I'm just not even hungry? It's been yeah. four hours. I'm not hungry. I'm not do hungry. You no. Are you one of those guys that carries their chicken broccoli and rice no around way. with them and no, not I have to eat? Oh, it's nine. Used to be. 30, yeah. Back in 2006 when, that, you know, obviously there wasn't that much information out there. Rich Piana said eat 12 times Pretty a day. <laughs> um, I, I was one of those guys that would carry around or eat broccoli. I thought the only way to get in shape or lose body fat was to eat broccoli and chicken breast. There can't be any flavor because flavor somehow makes you fat. I don't know how flavor makes you fat. Well, actually there is a, a, a root cause behind that. Um, oh, you know, what? tasty food. You tend to eat more, so uh, yeah. But that doesn't change the. the if well, you're the law is that the, what I'm saying is, taste doesn't make you fat. It might make you. It might like lure you into wanting to eat more. But that's you still eating more. Yeah, that's, that's not, just that just comes back to your mind again. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk. Let's expand on this topic. So there's four key to uh, areas that you need to focus on in fat loss for it to be successful. Number one, diet, which we kind of talked about. Number two, exercise. Right, you still got to burn calories. Right, it's calories in and calories out. Number three is um, psychological, right? Um, you know, eating tasty food and um, things like that has a big psychological effect that you can you tend to overeat on calories. If you eat boring stuff like, you know... Um, you want to stop because it tastes like shit. Exactly. So, you know, if you're eating tuna and rice every day for lunch, um, your body's kind of used to that. And, you know, you're not going to overeat. That Your body knows what's coming and that's going to fill you up. And the, the, the fourth factor is, is the social factor. You know, um, if you have like... Um, like like your wife, she's you know she's healthy and she's uh, in good shape. So you guys have some. Don't talk about his wife like he's that, mate. He's been on Instagram for sure. I know, hundred percent. Been on Instagram for sure. Why are you grinning as he? Your wife's healthy. <laughs> your, wife, your wife looks alright, Phil. Yeah. 
She's a weapon. Shout out to nurses. Yeah, the frontline girls. Yeah. So but, let, let's sort but of. Anyway, get, so yeah, the, the social aspect's a big part, right? And you know, obviously, you know, if you're going out a lot and you like to, um, you know eat out then sometimes you know low carb diet might be pretty hard to stick to it is and it, and it is a factor because when it, when it, you go out for a meal and it tastes good you, you do tend to overeat when you go out and you're in a social situation you'll, you'll grab a dr- uh, drink alcoholic drink so all these things come into play so um but let's sort of get back to what we were just talking about you're sort of saying five meals a day is sort of what yep. you do what what do you from a scientific standpoint does it really matter how many meals we're eating a day like if i go three hours right as we traditionally did, and I get to that point and I'm not hungry, should I be force feeding as an athlete or as a per- person training? So if you look at, if you look at um, you know, nutrition like a pyramid, the base of the pyramid is your, um, your calories in, calories out. One level above that is your macronutrient composition, you know, your protein, carbs, and fat, how you tweak this. Down, yep. One level above that is getting sufficient micronutrients, right? That's important because you need to have uh, you know, vitamins and things That's like right. that to, to deal with the food in your body. Above that is frequency and timing, you know, like that's the least important thing that you need to worry about. I eat two big meals a day and pretty much a light breakfast. That's that's basically what I do. Mm. Um, although I have a few shakes throughout the day just because, you know, it's convenient. So I'm so the same these days as well. I'll, I'll, I used to be so strict, five, six meals a day, every three hours on the clock. And these days I do it more by feel. If I'm hungry and I've like if I've trained leg day, the next day... I'm starving. Yeah, so I'll consume yeah. more calories on that day because my energy output the day before was higher. Obviously, I'm probably in my glycogen stores are really low or I've just, I'm just hungrier. Mm. So I'll eat more. And it's more by feel these days. But I think that comes from experience. years of experience. 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 I think for beginners, obviously, they're not going to be able to – well, they shouldn't be doing that type of uh, approach because they probably eat too much or not enough for, for performance purposes. However, I think and, – and the underlying, uh, in a nutshell – point is the calories in versus calories out is that the, is the most important yep. and meal timing is towards the end and less important obviously 10 15 years ago uh there wasn't so much information about this freely available so people just assumed and somehow some myth which has obviously been debunked now well, is that well, you have to really. eat every three hours to stoke the metabolism otherwise you'd if you don't eat at 12 o'clock all of a sudden all your fat would come back or you drop dead right there on the spot well, i think for a lot of guys as well it's like oh I'm, i don't want to I don't want to go into longer than three or four hours because I'm not I'm not anabolic. Yeah, well, anabolic. Well, where it comes from is the you know the mass monsters, the big bodybuilders who yeah. need this amino acid availability in their blood all the time. So they eat twelve meals a day, you know, yeah. and um, that's how a lot of bodybuilders get that. And you can't dismiss them because you know they got bigger muscles than everybody. So that's right. And the context is important here. They're ten times bigger than everybody. Plus they're utilizing other substances that changes the whole approach. You know what I mean? It, Exactly. And, um, you know, but there's another thing to think about when we talk about calories in and calories out is that, you know, not every calorie is equal. You know, that's it's kind of a controversial topic. Like some people like, oh, it's 100 calories. I'm not eating 100 calories, but that's not the case. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, An almond. Okay, say you have 200 calories worth of almonds. Mm -hmm. When you when you track that, you just eat 200 calories, mark it as 200 calories is no, no, no. Well, obviously, if I, if I track that, and I agree with you, well, not every calorie is the same. Yeah. Um, I would put that in as as almonds in my app, or I would, yeah. you know. So it's it's not the same as two hundred calories of um of jelly beans. Yeah, yeah. But see, what happens though? Um, so what I was talking about, um, you know, what happens within your body is also a big, um, uh, big factor. So when you when you eat two hundred calories worth of almonds, you actually only absorb about seventy five percent of that, right? So one hundred fifty calories, right? What happens to the other fifty calories? Right, um, almonds contain soluble and insoluble fiber. 
So what happens is it creates like a gel on the inside of your um, um, small intestine. So you're not actually absorbing all of these calories because um, if you think of fiber, there's two types of fiber, soluble and insoluble. It creates this barrier which prevents it from um, being absorbed, absorbed at that initial um, stage, like right? Wall. So um, from there, this goes into your um, the next part of your so small intestine called the jejunum, which um, is where your gut bacteria live, right? So your gut bacteria need to you need to feed them as well, right? So um, basically, what doesn't get absorbed, um, you know, goes towards your gut bacteria, and this is why fiber is so important for gut health and weight when loss. it comes to weight loss. Fiber is critical mm -hmm. because fiber can help reduce that absorption. Give us a few examples of fiber-filled foods. Um, you know, basically. Um, Anything that's minimally processed will tend to have um, a good level of fiber, vegetables, um, you know, um, fruits, things like that, but mm -hmm. uh, maybe not all fruits. Um, but it's important to remember that you need two types of fiber, soluble fiber and insoluble fiber, right? Insoluble fiber is the thing like cellulose and, you know. Where are you getting that from? Let's give some examples that um, might go over people's heads. Okay, so if you think of like a strainer, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, and you fill the strainer with like, um, with Vaseline. Right, it it'll probably hold some water, right? So the Vaseline is the I'm somewhere else with Vaseline, but anyway, yeah. no. I don't know. somewhere else with a strainer. Yeah. <laughs> strain on your head, Vaseline on your face. So. <laughs> Am I doing it right? <laughs> so you got Vaseline sort of on the inside of the strainer. Yeah. Yeah. So so think about that. That's preventing water from going through. You yep. know, a little bit, right? So um, this the Vaseline is the soluble fiber. The strainer itself is the insoluble fiber. So this is things like cellulose, right? Insoluble fibers, you know. Um, um, you know, the pieces of vegetables that um, make it through um, without being um, completely broken down. Mm -hmm. Then soluble fiber is, um, you know, things that are found in a lot of fruit, like pectin in an apple, right? Right. Um, things that you can't um, typically, uh, uh, it's hard to hard to d describe, but right, you know, there's heaps of soluble fiber sources, psyllium husk, all these kind of things. Yep. Okay. Changing, changing beta bit, supplements, where do they come into play? There's a lot of fat burning... <laughs> supplements you've got your extreme shreds and all yeah, this wow. sort of stuff where do you guys incorporate supplements for weight loss for, for me i wait till i hit a bit of a plateau mm -hmm. in, in in weight loss and then my i might incorporate some basics sure. in supplements i'm a big fan of sort of your carnitine mm -hmm. um, and any supplements that that obviously help with liver function for me um, i know people out there are heavily reliant on highly caffeinated supplements that just get them all buzzed up and they think that's working for, mm. for weight loss. When do you guys incorporate supplements for weight loss? When? Would you like to answer or would you like me to answer? You go first. Okay, so as far as supplements, when it comes to weight loss, that's a fat, fat loss, weight loss. Um, we'll pretend that they're interchangeable right now. But let's focus on fat loss. Okay, fat loss. So <laughs> for me personally, I, I find that there's a lot of fluff out there when it comes to supplements, especially fat loss. I feel like every company is trying to like profit off because it's a massive thing. It's yeah, not it's every good. company. No, of not course. Masashi. A lot of, <laughs> lot of companies out there, you know, cowboys jump into the industry. They want to try and sell something that's going to get you miracle, miracle cures. Yeah. yeah, and it's miracle it's, claims. Lose so many pounds right. in so many days. That's why it gets so it gets so hard for someone to navigate through all the crap. Yeah, so much bullshit. And me personally, I've tried every supplement, and and um and some to try and uh, lose body fat or to help it, you know, uh, with my, my weight loss journey. Um, I, with my experience right now, let's just say this, I've gotten in shape using fat burning supplements. Yes. And then I've gotten in shape without using those supplements. Yes. So to me, I was like, huh, do, do I really need them then? Yep. So for me, I use the big things for me during fat loss I would use uh, is 
caffeine, and that could be in the form of a pre-worker or a fat burner. To is, me, it doesn't matter. Is that just to give you energy while you're in exactly. calorie Exactly. So during a calorie deficit, but if it gets to the point where I start feeling lethargic, bit flat, yep. the caffeine gives me a nice bump. Yep. And it helps me. Um, the second thing is I would also utilize L-carnitine at some point because yep. that is proven yes. to be a great uh, fat burning uh, tool supplement that's actually been studied and it, and it helps. So those are the two that I would mainly use. So when I say I would use a pre-workout or a fat burner, it's not because they're magical supplements that go inside to your body and just rip, or up, rip apart fat. I would use them for the caffeine um, purposes, which for me, caffeine gives me energy yep. and it also curbs my appetite. Yep. During, when I'm deep into the cut and you know, you're, you're, you're already at the pointy end of a cut and you're finding it hard because you're getting cravings or you're getting hungry, you know that, I know that around, for example, I know that at two o'clock, I'm gonna start getting really hungry. Yeah, I've already had lunch two hours ago, but I know at two o'clock I'll, I'll get hungry. I'll have a fat burner or a cup of coffee um, to help give me energy and to curb my appetite. It helps. Mm. It, it's glycogen sparing as well, isn't it? Caffeine. It's been been um, scientifically proven to man. to you, you don't use as much glycogen. Oh, well, I don't. I, I don't know about that. It depends on your on your exercise as well. Uh, I guess so. But um, so let's t- touch on these um, supplements. So caffeine, obviously, you know, you're using to get over this. Um, lethargy that you get from sure. you know being in a calorie deficit as well as appetite curbing for me that's the two things yep. that i utilize caffeine. and if i can just add people think that fat burners are some magical thing that you need to understand what's in it it's part yeah. of a program a full pro- a nutritional and training program yeah it, you have to understand what's in it that's actually going to help you yeah. exactly and then once you understand it now you can utilize it properly yep. as opposed to consuming it and then Checking an hour later to see if you got abs because it's going to do its magic. Like people don't understand that. Well, sorry, sorry so what you were no, no. I was just going to expand on what you were saying. So, um, you know, caffeine. Obviously, you're using it for this energy, but also what it does is, you know, coming back to what's the most important: calories in versus calories out. Caffeine actually increases um, your thermogenesis, so it uh, you know increases your body temperature, which helps you burn a little bit more calories, right? Um, there's other things like green tea, which can um, help you know suppress your appetite a bit. Um, then you know there's my two favorite supplements that I use, two nutrients, carnitine and choline, which actually um, help when it comes to uh, you know, what we were talking about, nutrition part- nutritional partitioning before, helps to metabolize um, these fat cells. So get the fat out of your cell. 30, 30 right. second explanation on carnitine, what it does. Um, so think of carnitine as being pretty important in um, fatty acid transport, and it actually, um, you know, helps um helps transport fat out of your cell let's put it that way to be utilized for energy to be utilized for oxidation and energy so um you know obviously you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight so if you're just topping up your diet with carnitine um it's going to be an issue another important thing about carnitine is that a lot of dietary restrictions you know we're talking about all these things that people cut out of the diet you tend to cut sometimes cut out um foods that are high in carnitine and you know carnitine would be a um it's a very important nutrient, right? So, you know, red meat's high in carnitine. A lot of ve- vegans and vegetarians don't have carnitine in their diet. Ooh, vegans. Yeah. Well, Missing out on that big uh, L-carnitine. Exactly. This is a topic for another day. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Bring me you in again. You know, you know what I'm catching on to? Uh, there's a lot of fake vegans as well nowadays. What's you know? a fake oh, vegan? Like oh, part-time yeah. vegans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about those Instagram people that all of a sudden go vegan and then they're selling vegan plans and then behind closed doors they're like eating meat and stuff? Yeah. But I think that happens not, so but, much. But I'm to be honest, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Like, it's okay to have your ideology of, you know, being 
primarily plant-based and, you know, sneaking in a couple, a couple we, of... We just lost all of our vegan listeners, all one of them. See you later. <laughs> don't, let the, oh, no. don't let the door hit you on the uh, way out. All right. So we've explored sort of nutrition and principles and supplements. The one thing I quickly want to touch on is do you alter your training? Like let's let's start with weight training. If, you're, if your goal is weight loss, do you change your training as far as weights? During the weight loss... Yeah, say you're you're dieting, you're dieting for yeah, something. Yeah, I would. I, I would first. I would try and keep the volume as as, as high as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and for me, so you're you're increasing sort of your rep range or the amount of sets that you're doing to keep the volume at the same intensity. If that means increasing the rep range or changing the weight or changing, yes, or even just mixing it up because I get bored. Okay, and sometimes it's even the case of so you're utilizing those weight training sessions as a, as a way to burn more calories. Yeah, you? yeah, definitely. Okay. If it's if it can help and if I get an amazing pump out of it, even better. And another thing that uh, I've, I've noticed and I think is important is that sometimes, you know, you go to the gym and, and all the equipment's being used. You have to use, use, you know, some creativity to come up with some exercise that you can do while you're waiting for that. Um, if that could be a superset of something mm. real quickly, just before that guy finishes with the bench press. Um, my training always changes. It's never really the same, not because I'm trying to shock the muscle, but because the simple fact that I need to do whatever I can to keep the volume up. And sometimes that equipment's just not available. You, I, I mean, I could imagine being a powerlifter. Your cha- training wouldn't change too much when it comes to yeah. So actually, you know, uh, heavy resistance training is actually pretty good for um, for fat loss. Um, you know, it's a very calorie intense um, way of training. You know, I just want to get stronger, but if I have to get shredded as a consequence, then so be it. <laughs> what, ha- what would you do if you went to go do um uh, your uh, deadlifting session or whatever, and You've only got forty-five minutes because you got to get to work. What would you do if the all the deadlifting platforms are being used? Um, go and talk to some chicks, course. probably. I'd wait. You, you <laughs> wait, but you have to go to work. Then I wouldn't train. I'd make training the priority and train when it's available. So you'd go home and go. Well, I'll come back at lunch. I'll go do some yoga. Or well, no, I don't know. I don't, I don't really face that problem. You'd, you'd catch that session up though. Yeah, point you'd definitely catch it up. But um, you know, exercise later on throughout the week. Well, it depends, right? I, I wouldn't really switch around my uh, my program like that, but I would wait for a bar. Like, um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go into a deadlift session in a rush. Never. Yeah, right. So right. when it comes to weight, say you're you need part of dead part of deadlifting, part of powerlifting, right? You need to be under a certain weight category. Are you changing your weights program to get under that weight, or are you solely relying on diet and maybe some cardio to get under that weight limit? Um. Well, you know. Are you leaving less rest between sets or anything like that? Or are you going more reps? This is um, this is a different topic because, you know, um, how a lot of powerlifters do it is typically cut, do a bit of a water cut, much like, you know, a boxer or a fighter yep. to, to meet that weight. And, um, you know, what, what what you're doing in the long term of your training is going to make the biggest difference. Mm. But you wouldn't... You, in powerlifting, you kind of have to keep it at a high intensity before a competition. So you wouldn't want to... It's not like bodybuilding, you know, where you... You're totally depleted. And Where you're depleted. Yeah. Powerlifting, you literally have to be at your strongest at that moment. So, so how does that work? Once you, do, if you do cut water and you lose a bit of water, how, how would you? What's your procedure in putting that back? Because you lose some strength, obviously. Are you weighing water? Weighing in the day before? Um, yes. Yeah, so, so there's 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 many different ways to do this. Many different ways to do a water cut, which we probably shouldn't talk about nah. today. It'll is, take is forever. It risky, I guess, doing a water cut so close to a comp. Like it, it is risky. Were... It's risky whenever you do a water cut and not just for, for powerlifting, for every single spot. And think of combat spots, how many yeah. people you've seen, um, you know, co- collapse. Typically in powerlifting, there's two um, two w- windows, right? Either a two-hour weigh-in or a 24-hour weigh-in. 
So I, I would never recommend water cut unless you have to for your yeah, sport. Likewise. It's, yeah. it's the worst thing. Dehydration is the worst thing. So you're, but it's fun to manipulate your body yeah. in different so, ways. Because I'm well. really I'm curious about this type of stuff. How would how would um, is it? I mean, well, being a power lifter, strength doesn't exactly correlate to how heavy you are. Correct. Um, so it weight, does. Uh, strength kind of does correlate to how heavy you are. You know, bigger guys can lift more typically, right? Um, you wouldn't want to be extremely lean as as a powerlifter, sure. right? You know, um, doesn't make sense. It it it, uh, it doesn't, and you don't need to, right? Mm. Think of the strongest guys in the world; they're not shredded. Yeah, some well, of them are. Some of them are. are. Some of them are. Days, yeah. Like Larry Holmes, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that that's the secondary focus, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's not talk about that because we're talking about okay. fat loss, right? Okay, sure. And Sorry, and, and we're talking about water weight <laughs> and things like that. It can get. Uh, uh, it, the lines can get blurred you know our focus is not losing weight our focus is losing fat yep. that's what we're talking about today right for me my weight training doesn't change it, it, I'm constantly trying to get stronger lift heavier within a certain rep range I, I will mainly use diet and cardio as my main forms to, to help burn calories whilst trying to maintain as much strength as possible um, for my so I can maintain muscle mass while I'm training so I'm not I'm not working in a faster rate or doing drop set that might work for other people and at different points in my life I have definitely done that but over time now I'm now incorporating cardio and let's talk cardio you're doing some longer form stuff some shorter sprints is there a preference like for weight loss like do you think that those sort of hit sessions those high intensity interval training sprints are better or do you think it's a combination of both I've read that uh, hit training is actually better for maintaining muscle mass I've read somewhere whether it's true or not I don't know I, I, I mix it up just because I, I enjoy long runs and I enjoy sprinting. So I actually enjoy both of them. And, and you know, like, it really comes down to preference. No one, not everyone likes sprints. Yep. Um, it's hot. It, they, they hate them. Some people hate them. It just takes so much out of them. I love it. They'd rather go on long runs where they can switch off and get into a zone and get into a rhythm. Um, I, I personally like both. And... How much, how much cardio are you doing? Are you doing right something now? every day? Yeah, right now, every day. So mainly longer form with a couple of sprint sessions thrown in. So it'll be it'll be basically both. So I'll do I'll do the sprints with you know me and my wife will go up to a big hill that we've got near our place and we'll uh, run up and down several times. How long for? Oh, uh, well, we do six rounds up and down, each. which is what fifteen minutes. Oh no, nah, probably. Four. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes, I reckon. And then you'll minutes. incorporate a, a lighter jog. And then the later on, workout. I'll go, yeah, for, for a consistent, just a light jog, but like a long time. That could be, oh, if, depending if I do three, four, five Ks, could go for half an hour, 40 minutes. I don't know. I don't really time it. And all of this, how, how do you factor this, in, factor this into your calories and versus calories out? Are you saying, you know, X amount of running equals X amount of calories burned? Uh, I don't even, right now in quarantine, I don't even, um, I'm not super strict on my But calories. do you typically do that? Uh, typically, I wouldn't. So how do you know about, you know, obviously you're controlling your calories and how are you controlling your calories out? Are you, how, 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 how are you tracking it though, typically? When you're I don't track calories burned okay. because I find that that's a variable that I don't want to track because yeah. look, you could, if you want to be, if, if you're going into a comp or a reason why you really needed to, you know, everything had to be recorded and, and you got to make sure it's all progressive, then I would recommend that. But for me, you're in the same reference. training routine anyway aren't you i'm not yeah. saying you're doing the same exercises day in day out but you're in a routine where you basically know your output yeah so you know how much food you need to eat to counteract that output kind of and it, it comes with this, this experience and not yeah. everyone's going to be able to eyeball things like that yeah, yeah. so like you know most like, exercise equipment and stuff these days don't give you an accurate measure of calories burned anyway well that, that, even that, that's I, my problem with calories in calories out is it's very hard to track 
Yeah. Right. It's really hard to get an accurate picture. And that's why I don't track my calories, even though it's the most important thing. But it gives you a ballpark, right? Exactly. So if, if I wanted a ballpark on how much calories I'm burning with my cardio, I could find one and then utilize that number into the data. Exactly. I could. You could. I could. And, and, and having a rough ballpark is better than not having anything at all. Exactly. That's why everybody should track calories at some point in their life to figure out, because that's how you get a baseline and but you know. In saying that, but not marry, don't be married to don't it. Don't be married to that. Because yeah. I don't track anything at the moment, yeah. right? Um, you know, and... Calories out is a very, very complicated um, thing, right? Okay, I'll give you an example. Chess. Chess grandmasters. How many calories do you think a chess grandmaster burns in a day? 10,000. <laughs> it's high, I know. Close, 6,000, right? Yeah. A chess master. Chess yes. grandmaster, just from this intense concentration, right? And Hang on, what, what, you, you, what's a chess master? Like playing the game chess? Chess yeah. grandmaster, yeah. Oh, Wow. So not, uh, not from not a chest master. I thought well, <laughs> not me, not chest master. <laughs> um, but there's the mental aspect of burning calories as well. Like, wow. Yeah. So so cal- calories out is very very complicated, right? So like yeah. they looked at um, some chess grandmasters um, playing for two hours, right? Five hundred and sixty calories Shredded. they burnt, right? That's yeah. as much as Ro- Roger Federer burns in a game of tennis. In an hour of tennis is two hours of chess with these grandmasters. Just from this. High level of a concentration that not a lot of people. Do you guys know about Magnus Carlsen? No, is he? Well, he sounds like a strong man. Well, he's Norwegian, but he's the greatest chess player alive at the moment. Not a big chess fan. Dear what? When did chess surprise. not get Magnus popular? Who? Magnus Carlsen. Sure. Okay, My this mate. guy played twenty people blindfolded all at once and beat them all. Twenty people from Harvard. Were those other people blind as well? Nah. How did he beat them? If he he was played forty-eight games of chess on an exercise bike blindfolded. Wow, that's multi-talented. That, like, that's the level of concentration that these chess grandmasters have. And, you know, so so calories out is complicated, right? Mm. And then, um, you it's, know. It's a, hard, um, it's a hard thing to track. In summary, it's hard. Yeah. Why is everything complicated? That, that's can probably, you, that's probably why I don't track it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you answered my question for me extra long, though. Yeah. Yeah, can't you just tell us how many times you sprint a week? That's yeah. all. <laughs> Twice a week, man. Twice so a week. But, me, but sprinting, when it comes to calories out, there's another factor that you need to take care of. And that's called epoch, right? Post-exercise oxygen consumption. Yep. The letters don't match because the acronym started in France. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like exercise uh, post-oxygen yeah, yeah. or something like that. But, Epoch, um, it stands for But that's that's like that's, that's, wh- that's why why HIT and sprinting is kind of viewed as quite good for um, fat loss because of this post-exercise, afterburn kind the of, afterburn effect, yeah. which there's still a huge debate about, you know, how much does this actually matter versus, you know, aerobic training where, you know, that the post-exercise um, consumption is lower, but you know while you're doing it, you're burning more calories. So that's a huge debate. So, so let's talk about this for one second because I feel like as the listeners would need to get something out of this. Yeah. There's so many different forms of cardio you can do. Yeah. Sure, some might be a little bit better than another, Yeah. but there's no point in doing it if you're not going to do it consistently. And the best way to do it consistently is to enjoy it. So for some people yeah. playing three hours of chest, might be more enjoyable than doing sprints. Or there's some guy, they might do, enjoy doing sprints as opposed to the guy that likes to go for a, a long run. It's not which one's going to be... I think the point I'm trying to make is some people always try and ask, which is the best cardio for me to get shredded? Anything. It's the best one that you can follow consistently. Exactly. You know what I mean? and, and it's the mo- one that's most fun. People hate cardio. It's so boring. When you think of cardio, it's standing on a treadmill or a stationary bike. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like yeah. my cardio is jiu-jitsu. I get in there and I go hard for 30, 40 minutes of rolling that's my cardio. I don't even yeah. realize I'm doing cardio because yeah. I'm having that much fun. Pick something. It might be tennis for you. It might be 
could be anything. Yeah. Could shooting, be, shooting some hoops, like how? Just, yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. Just, just try it because too many people set themselves up for failure yeah. where they'll ask questions like, what's the best diet that I can get on? And then followed by, what's the best cardio I can do with that? And it's like, and then they get given the wrong information because, well, the best diet is the keto or the best diet is the flexible dieting and the best cardio is hill sprints at 45 yeah. degrees because you get this afterburn effect. And, and they go and do it for a week and then the second week they fall off because it's not sustainable for them because it's not fun exactly. and they enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. So a good, a good summary, probably calories in versus calories out for most people it's is the, is, most, is important the most important thing. thing. Some form of cardio, minimum 30 minutes per day, every day. Yeah. Mix up low intensity, medium intensity, high intensity, whenever you feel like it. Um, stay consistent. Include supplements when you hit plateaus. Yeah. So remember the four, four important things that you really need to control for your fat loss. Diet, right? What we talked about. There's more than one way to get into a calorie deficit, right? Whether you want to count your calories, whether you want to restrict your carbohydrates, or whether you're going to restrict the time that you eat, right? There's more than one way exercise right got to get this exercise right you have to do something and it's the most important thing is consistency the next most important thing is what you do you know sprinting is quite good if you enjoy it mm. whatever's good that you enjoy mm. um third important thing is um the psychological aspect right um if you're going to be eating sweet things and stuff you know you you, you hang on add some context do you remember because a little you, bit of sweet you, stuff is all right there's always room for dessert let's put it that way you're, you're giving yourself a lot of unnecessary challenges if um you know if you if your mind isn't right and like we said you know we talked about your physical diet your mental diet says is important if you're not in the right mind rate mindset to commit to losing fat then you're not going to you're not going to get all these you know massive health benefits that come with diet and exercise which are the first two most important parts the fourth one is, you know, social. You know, if your friends are all all eating Maccas every day. Get you, some new friends. It's hard. It's hard, right? You know, um, even like, you know, a lot of people, their partners are, are have an unhealthy diet. Mm. And that's that's a big challenge, you know, because then, you, you know, you, you're at conflict on what you're eating um, every day. Um, you know, that's, that's why a big thing that that's why I like fit girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's the only reason. I think that's a good point to finish up on the yeah. topic. We've done it. We've done this topic to death. Yeah. We've got a little segment that we uh, have on the show. It's called uh, Deer and Debunks. Um, uh -huh. Some might be some myths or some truths that people uh, want to know if there's actual fact or a myth. Um, the one that's come in today is is from someone that's asked if my muscles don't get sore from training, was it even an effective workout? If I didn't. That's, if, that if happens a lot. If I'm not sore from yeah. training, common question: Is it? Did I even do anything? Was it successful? And I think after training for twenty years, I rarely get sore. Mm. Yeah. Um, some days, for some strange reason, you'll just come out you're super sore, and you. Yeah. Think, what did I do? Yeah, you do um, So it's a variable, but I think um, it, it's a variable that reflects how well adapted you are to your training, right? So if you, um, you know, if you benching every day, typically you're going to get less sore from benching, right? Yep. But uh, if you've never trained legs. You can go to the gym every day, but if you've never squatted and you squat for the first time, you're going to be sore, right? It's how adapted you are to the training that you're doing. It yep. doesn't mean it's not working, but um, it does mean that it's, it's a, it is a sign of, of an overload on your existing And that's what we're trying to do fitness. is create a bit of an overload. So it, it is a, a rough guide. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't sort of hinge yourself on it if I had done. I'm not sore. I didn't, it didn't even do anything, mm -hmm. but it's, I think it's a good reminder that we need to mix up our training. Um, do some different types of exercises to create that different sort of adaptation and yeah. um, stimulation for the muscle. Um, so thoughts you thoughts, thoughts on that? that? Is, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, do you I, get sore from every workout? No, definitely not. Definitely not. Not doing your bands yeah. at home at the no, moment? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I feel like um, it's, 
It's a, it's, it doesn't mean that the, no, to answer the, the, the question in a short answer, that doesn't mean the workout was ineffective. No, that definitely doesn't mean that it was ineffective yep. because, um, you know, do, burning calories when you exercise is, is still better than sitting on the couch, right? Yep. Um, however, at, at my stage of training, it's, it's, I aim to get sore. If I'm not sore the next day for that body part, I don't beat myself up and go, oh, what a waste of a workout. I think, well, what can I do next time that can kind of change it, maybe a different exercise or a different angle. Yep. And then if I'm successful at having that body part sore, then I feel good about myself or I feel like, well, at least I did something different. But I don't, like, it's not the end all and be all of the goal of training is to, oh, I want to, like, totally annihilate my legs so I can't walk the next day. Yeah. Sometimes it's a goal. But Darren, are you ever sore? You, you work in a fairly low rep range, so I think... Um Soreness is probably not as much of an issue as like typical bodybuilding style split workouts. Um, no, 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 that I get sore. I, I train you arms. Still... I train arms once a week. We're trying, to, <laughs> trying to get the trying to get a little bit of soreness off in here. But, um, but uh, you know, sprinting recently has been making me a bit sore. Yeah. Whenever you tend to mix things up, it, it, that's when sprinting and, uh, makes you sore. Sprinting, Sometimes. hell yeah. When you get shin splints. No, yeah, shin splint, yeah, am, hamstrings two days later, I feel it a little glutes. If you, ha if you haven't sprinted no. for a long time and then you sprint, oh, you I'm, I'm a sucker for the soreness, man. I just love that yeah. feeling of your muscles being sore. I don't know what's wrong with me. It, it's uh, a satisfying feeling the next day knowing yeah. that you did something that's going to produce a result. Yeah. Because you know that, well, it's sore. If I eat correctly and rest correctly, then, you know, it should get some type of result out of that. I get shin splints. Oh, I used to get them all the time. Yeah. I've never had sore glutes and hammies from running. Oh, Shins, you're not you're not running fast enough. Maybe it's a maybe you're running wrong. The mechanics of the way you're running is I uh, yeah. flipped it on you. Yeah. Oh, we'll have a race. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Shin splints usually oh, it could be running mechanics, but it's usually like a not long enough adaptation process. Yeah. People go from not running to running. F That's right. Ten yeah. miles, and yeah. you're not surprise, adjusted. Surprise! Surprise! So. You got shin yeah. splints. Any listener questions this week, Hal? I think we had one. I didn't see any on, <coughs> excuse me, on YouTube or Instagram. I got one that came through via email. Is uh, I think we've already covered it. It's Geordie yeah. Cooper from East Melbourne, Victoria. What kind of exercise is the best for losing weight? Ah, see the mistake they've made. What's the best exercise? It's common. For losing weight. I think we've covered it uh, well and truly in this in this podcast. The best exercise is the exercise that you enjoy, right? Yep. Because um, if you enjoy it, you can do it consistently, and consistency is the key. Exactly. I think I think weight training for weight loss is, it would be my go-to. More muscle mass you carry, the more calories that you're burning throughout the whole day, the more energy uh, consumption. L let's requires. let's actually expand on that slightly. Uh, okay. Slightly. So muscle mass is very important for for fat loss, right? Um, what comes back to nutrition. Why is it important though? Nutritional partitioning, what we talked about before, right? Like um, you know, three of us um, eat a nice um, I don't know what what's your what's your what's your cheat meal? Oh, let's have KFC. Okay, three of us eat eat the, the double down, KFC, right, KFC, from KFC, uh, and a, a whole bunch of chips, right? What we're going to do is um, we're going to re replenish our muscle glycogen much more efficiently than somebody with less muscle, right? So, um, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're glycogen, if these carbs aren't going to glycogen replenishment, you know, another, uh, another outcome for them is to go into fat storage. There's excess calories, right? So somebody without as much muscle mass as somebody like us will find it, you know, um, you you're probably more likely to um, gain fat. to gain some fat from from eating um, eating a meal like that. But more, more muscle, bigger the storage tank, really. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you know, more muscle, um, less less fat. Typically, um, well, you know, easier to to lose fat. But um, having said that, uh, minimum effective dose, whatever works for you. You know, having big muscle is going to have a, a good effect in the long term. But you know, if it's if if, if it's cardio to lose fat, then um, you know. 
comes back to calories and what's calories. It comes down to what I see is that what's what literally is the best way to do something isn't necessarily the The, best way for you because to get from here to Parramatta in the fastest way possible is probably an F1 car, but not everybody knows how to drive one. I got a private jet, man. Yes, take that. Come on, you still drive? You seen the Masashi jet? (laughs) (laughs) Have you crashed it yet? Yeah, so it's not going to be the best way for you because the best way needs to be the way that you consistently do. So best, best is a tricky question. And in saying that, not everybody wants to do strength exercises. No. You know what I mean? Not yeah. everybody is into them. Best is a tricky question That's because right. you know there's the optimal, the absolute optimal that you can do, and then there's the minimum effective dose. Which is best for you is another is another it's question. I think you answered it perfectly. It's it's whatever you enjoy doing. Mm. Exactly. Quote, famous athlete quote. We have to. Um, Hal's gonna f- uh, float a. Uh, an athlete quote out and you got to try and figure out who said this quote phil oh, gee, me well all of us all are gonna of try. us yeah, yeah, well, duran nailed it last week yeah that's the first time last okay. week i gave you an easy one last week too, what do we got hal gonna, shout it out i'm gonna I'm swap it out this one i got a better one over here um if you don't find the time if you don't do the work you don't get the result if you don't find the time you don't do the I'm work sure you don't get the that. result your mum yeah mum's tell that to me many times you yeah. yeah. it off um Probably a good quote for today. If you don't know, say it again. If you don't do the time, you don't do the work, you don't get the result. Hmm. Somebody that works hard, for sure. Yep. Go um, for it. Uh, do I guess? Yeah. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. What athlete. It? It's an athlete. Uh, uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jackson's a famous dancer. Yeah. yeah. An athlete. Uh, oh, oh, I'm late. Go. Who I'm, have you got? I'm gonna go Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Sounds oh, sounds like it sounds like it sounds like a like a, a, mu- it's a mumbo, mumbo mentality. You know. I'm gonna go Messi. Nah. I can hear him. Yes. Get to the chopper. Oh. Oh. Oh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> 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 I actually had Arnold get to in the my chopper. Head. I actually had him in my head. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So true. Still working out to this day. What is he? Seventy something. Yeah. Oh, he's been posting up, posting up some great quarantine motivation. Yeah, he has, man. So funny. He's, he's a, a legend. legend. Absolute legend. And uh, the Miyamoto Masashi quote of the week. Do I read that out? Yeah. So we selected a quote. We selected a quote for you. Quote the Miyamoto Masashi quote for this uh, for this uh, podcast is: If you do not control the enemy, the enemy will control you. Oh, who's the enemy? How do we translate that into a message that we can give the listeners about today's podcast? Fat, you know, fat is the enemy. Well, you know, if you do not control, <laughs> your, we want some fat, right? If you do not control your fat loss journey, your fat loss journey will create will control you. If you don't do things that you enjoy and, th- and dietary changes that you can, um, you know, adapt to, mm. then you, you, you're just diving into the shark tank, and you know, you're not going to be in, in control of this fat loss. If you sure. do in small increments that you can't control then you're going to be in control. Guess who? The only person that control your nutrition and your training is you. That's right. You are the only person that can control it. I what about what about the entire food system? You can make choices. There's <laughs> yeah, choices true. to make. Choices. I think we have a lot of control. I think people tend to, tend to give up their control for they justify it through means of practicality or mm. you know, in a short term they just make excuses because um, for whatever. And I think there's a lot of things that we need to be able to take control of, whether it's mental dietary exercise um and if we can take control of those things or as many of those things as we can then we place ourselves in a better position to achieve our goals or become successful at, yeah. and, uh, i think you nailed it there phil i don't yeah. think we could answer that any better my, my enemy is is chocolate right if you do not control your 
Your chocolate cravings, your chocolate cravings will control you. Cadbury's in control. I just want a big shout out. Thanks for coming in today, Phil, especially with everything that's going on. It's been awesome to see you again. Catch up. You are welcome to come back anytime. You Listeners will probably see Phil on the podcast quite a bit yes. in the future. Um, we love the dynamic and the information and the wisdom that you bring. Um, for anyone that wants to leave a review on iTunes or on YouTube, we're giving away a free Masashi t-shirt that, that everyone leaves a positive um, review or comment. Give us a shout out. Send us through your details to podcast at masashi.com and we'll flick you out a free t-shirt. I think um, where can people find you, Phil? Instagram? Jump on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, Philip Raymond host. Constantly putting up, like I said before. What up, Instagram? What up, in- <laughs> constantly putting up some great... Um, Lifestyle stuff, health, fitness, bodybuilding. Pretty interesting just, um, YouTube and Instagram uh, feed you've got. I'm pretty sure I've got a YouTube video where I literally just shave my head. So uh, it's wow. it's just random, whatever. Whatever goes. Whatever goes. So not always sure. all fitness related, but there no, is a lot of fitness related I, I really content. Just, yeah, I just want to help guys out there that uh, you know need some guidance, mm-hmm. whatever that means to them. So And if anyone um, needs any sort of graphic design work done. Hit me up. Hit you up at... Philip at strongmediagroup.com.au. Beautiful. I think um, any parting words to go mm. before we sign off? Nah, go, oh, thanks go get it. Thanks for having me, guys, today. Yeah, I really appreciate thanks. it. It was great to see you guys again. It's always, always. having a blast. Uh, we didn't go at each other like we have in the past. I think we've actually come to a, an agreeable level we're all, of... We're older and wiser now. We can have a, a, a civil debate. Without uh, choking each other? Yeah. But it was good. It was good yarn. And uh, definitely looking forward to doing this again. Uh, with you guys mate you're welcome back anytime everyone out there stay safe be kind to each other spread love positivity get lean get lean (laughs) listen to the podcast and look don't take yourself too seriously i think um it's a good time to just relax reset don't take yourself too seriously have some fun with your family everyone stay safe massashi r&d sessions go get it get some fat loss (laughs) 